Joe, coming to you live from World Championship in San Jose. Welcome to the Living Legends Podcast. Rise above, great card. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh... rise above. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. The the tech that I I used Rise Above for when I first started playing was because I was playing your uh, Redliner Azalea deck and oh, yeah. uh, you used that to put arrows back on top. <laughs> the oh yeah, Seek Seek Horizon is the real tech there where you oh yeah Seek Horizon for four with Go again putting like a Red and Ledger back on top and then dominating your Red and Ledger and shooting him. Yeah, <laughs> that's the that's the tech. Um, I actually had someone recently say that they thought. New Horizon or Seek Horizon was like one of the worst cards in the game, and I'm like, no, like, no, it's not even close to like Rusted Relic and Aether Sync or whatever yeah. the hell that stupid thing is. Um, oh god, yeah, the uh, the item, yeah, um, that's so bad. Yeah, Aether Sync. It it gives you the ability sometimes to get uh, Barrier Two. <laughs> it's someone was arguing with me on Twitter. I think it was one of the guys who works on Talishar. That they think Aether Sync is like a legit sideboard option against Kano because it's like, oh, you no. can get you can get AB two on like Aether Wildfire turns, and I was like, yeah, but they can respond to you. They can respond yeah. to you removing it to get the AB two. Sure, they don't get the maximum value out of whatever, but they can still respond to you. Like, yeah. And then you have to pay another resource to put the counter back on, and the card yeah. itself already costs a resource. The card is so bad. Like, and it's a yellow. <laughs> yeah. So that's the other thing on top of it. It's not even a blue, it's a freaking yellow, which means that if it's in your hand and you want it to prevent arcane damage, it's only preventing two, not even three. So, like, it's, 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 anyway. I hate Trash that card. Trash I hate that card. I think yeah. it's one, I think it's le legit one of the worst in the entire game. Um, well, that's a separate list for another day. Welcome to the Living Legends podcast. <laughs> <laughs> um, how's it going, everyone? <laughs> Welcome to the Living Legends podcast. That's going to be been here the whole intro. time. Um, yeah, I, 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 I am the host today. My name is Kel, and uh, <laughs> welcome to the Living Legends podcast, where we talk about all aspects of the flesh and blood trading card game. Today, we're going to be complaining. <laughs> we're going to be complaining, which is actually yes, fairly are. rare for us. Um, yeah. In a strange turn of events, we're going to be complaining about our, our saltiest cards. And joining me for that discussion is uh, Bill from Spike Feeders Fab. How's it going, everybody? This is going to be really funny. Uh, not necessarily the cards. <laughs> well, I mean, it is basically just the cards that we don't want to see the most. Um, <laughs> yep. Yeah, more or less. And I think all of these are very valid. Uh, I don't think we're going to have a lot of uh, dissenting opinions in the comments here. Um, no. But I mean, if we're being unfair about a card, let us know. But yeah, I, this is going to be a good one. Also, this is like <laughs> just for fun. And so like, yeah. if you really yeah, love one of the cards on this list, which you might, then like, that's cool. <laughs> like, I'm sure there's some cards on here that aren't on my list that I, I really like. So um, mm. we're just talking about salty cards. And then also we have Ass from Go Again Gaming. He's over here. <laughs> Hello, everybody. Um, but yeah, I mean, the, 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 our lists, it's not our, they're not in any particular order. And I think we're drawing from our experiences when playing against certain decks. Um, mm. So everyone's lists are going to be slightly different. You know, whoever's watching this now in the future, leave a comment as well as to what your saltiest card is if we've missed one. Uh, but I'm sure there's going to be a lot of relation to what we're about to say. Yeah, <laughs> I, think, I think so. I think there's yeah. some cards on here that are like, Almost everyone can agree with that's uh, absolutely pretty, 
pretty salt salt inducing. Um, but before yeah. we start with that, let's go over our week in flesh and blood. Um, while you guys think about yours, I'm gonna go over mine real quick because it is incredibly short. Because I have not done much in regards to flesh and blood this week. <laughs> um, I put out a video today talking about um, some old games and the starter product that they do that and how like I think that new games can uh, learn from them. And I did that because I've been a little bit uh, burnt out on Flesh and Blood over the holiday season because I basically live and breathe card games and Flesh and Blood's my favorite game. So I think about yeah. it and do it a lot. So I took a little uh, break, look at other card games um, like Legend of the Five Rings and some other, you know, old and otherwise canceled games from the days of yore. Um, but it's nice to do that, though, isn't it? It's nice to... You know, it's nice to have other interests and other sort of hobbies outside of just the game. Because if you just play Flesh and Blood only, you know, it's you, you can get burnt out. And then you're like, oh, what what the hell do I do now sort of thing. So it's nice that you've got more strings. And that's what your channel is all about, I guess, isn't it? Delving into the past and stuff and having a look at the, the archives of TCGs. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I, I just love card games in general. Um, and I think, yeah. you know, we can learn a lot from the you know, the failures and successes of the past. And there's exactly, some yeah. card games that, you know, used to exist that did some incredibly good things and also, you know, stumbled incredibly as well. And I think we can learn from both of those. So the topic mm -hmm. of my, the recent video was like learning from like past failures, specifically in regards to starter product. And I did frame it um, through the perspective of like a flesh and blood player, right? Because I think flesh and blood and other new card games or modern card games could learn a lot. Um, so. Yeah, if you'd like to check out that video, yeah. go, go for it. Um, it's it, it's mostly about starter starter product and what like flesh and blood and other card games could do, uh, because I think currently we have what I would call like the bare bones, almost like minimum qualifiers <laughs> for like a, a starter product, and I think um, folks could do more. Though there's something to be said for like being a little bit bare bones with like the the blitz decks. They're cheap. They're they're relatively small. They don't take up a lot of space, um, but also. They don't have a lot of flourish. Like they don't have a little how to play booklet or, you know, any, they don't come yeah. with a little box or anything. So it's going to be interesting to see like mm -hmm. if that product uh, in outsiders, like all the six bit decks have any extras in it because yeah, when we had the tales of Ari ones, which were the last ones, weren't they? No, the uprising ones, we, we had uprising, even, yeah. even those didn't have, they didn't have rule books in there. They had like a little card mm -hmm. that said how to play or something like this style of the deck. Like for fight, it was just zero cost, go again, attacks or aggro, whatever it was. And it said like play style easy, didn't it? Or play style yeah. hard. Like the old MTG decks used to say experience level or beginner level. Yeah, used I to have those, those little, those little dots yeah, on them. Those. That's an intermediate deck. Yeah. yeah. Um, I'm an intermediate they, player. The Dynat or the uh, Uprising decks did have a QR code on the back that you could scan that it would take you to like a how to play thing, I think. But oh, um, yeah. it, it's interesting. The Flesh and Blood has been minim minimizing it more and more because the original starter decks, the, the hero decks for Welcome to Wraith did have little booklets in them. Um, and that's kind of how I learned to play is through those little booklets and through like various other online tutorials. Um, I think there's something to be said for having those little booklets. I know it probably costs a lot more money to manufacture and therefore makes the price of the decks go up. But I think there's something to be said for a new player having a little reference thing where you're like, oh, I forgot that rule. Grab the little booklet. Look it up. Like, yeah, I think there's something to be said for that rather than like, oh, what did that YouTuber say? Go look up the YouTube video again and try to scroll yeah. through the 10 minute video to try to find the. A rule or whatever. Um, anyway, yeah, like so. um, 
when when we first started getting into the game like the us at the spike feeders um elliot bought two decks two starter decks and uh just based off of you know the characters on the front how how much they you know resonated with those uh, Mm because it was him and his girlfriend and uh, ended up picking up prism and levia um and Uh, so but first like even before they could do anything uh, Elliot ended up like calling me and was like, hey, can you come over and teach us how to play this game? <laughs> because, yeah, there was just nothing in the in the deck to like to really do anything. And there wasn't even really any content at that time for like just a quick and easy like set up and play sort of thing. The closest I think was prof- uh, the professor may have had a video out there. Um, are currently two that I think are really good. And one of them is one that I actually learned how to play on he was fast man uh, his dm armada has in my opinion mm. the, the original good how to play uh, flesh and blood video he put that video out maybe like weeks after the 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 game launched weeks after like a welcome to wraith came out originally because i learned to play like a couple weeks after welcome to wraith came out and when i was what i do is uh when i learn a new game with my partner and she's gonna play with me um I was I try to find a YouTube video that we can both watch and we'll I'll just put the video up mm. and we'll both watch it and then we'll then we'll play. And that's what I did. It was DM Armada's video. So shout out to DM Armada. Um he's a great friend. Um and then also it, the professors is the other video. Um mm-hmm. But hmm I want to say professors is pretty good. Um but it it doesn't go into a lot of detail, right? Mm-hmm. Um Yeah. And it doesn't it doesn't talk about arcane damage. Neither of them do to be honest. Um, yeah. mostly because the professors is very streamlined and DM Armada's was made before arcane damage even existed. So there's that. It was a simpler yeah. time. It was maybe a better time, uh, yeah. as we're going to be seeing with our saltiest cards list in a second here. Yeah, there may yeah, be some arcane, arcane damage things on here. Yeah. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. But hopefully, yeah, hopefully when, when we, well, when we, when we visit outsiders, you know, it's going to be just, yeah. phys- just physical, no arcane, back to the old days of just fisty cuffs, every card can block and all that good stuff. So, yeah, yeah, um, I don't, I don't expect to see yeah. arcane. Um, no. How about your week in Flesh and Blood? We'll go in the same order that I introduced. Let's, let's start with Bill. Uh, my week was actually pretty good interesting i didn't get up to a whole heck of a lot but i did um judge our pro quest our local pro quest yeah which was actually like just like a really good time um it was much quicker than the last one uh i definitely went into it expecting to be like basically a full work day um because that's kind of what it was the last time if i remember correctly i think we got there at like I think it started at noon and I'm pretty sure when we left, it was like nine 30 or 10 o'clock. Like yeah. it was a wow, long yeah. day. Um, this one, How we had slightly was fewer people. It was only, f- well, it was four rounds then cut to top four um, because okay. we only had 11 participants. I think the last one six. we had like 18. Um, so it cut to, it was a cut to top eight instead. Um, and cool. then that just kind of, uh, that just kind of dragged things on a bit, but yeah, I was really happy. We ended up leaving at like, I think, five. Um, so it was still like a reasonably long day, but um, not nearly as long as as I was anticipating. Mm. Uh, and then immediately the day after, thanks to some discussion I was having with some locals at the ProQuest, uh, I decided to put together um, Tiger Benji nice. and uh, play Tiger in Benji. our 
Yeah, we played in our <laughs> Monday Night Armory, hmm. um, and it was interesting. Um, I, I don't think I understand quite how the deck is supposed to play yet. I went two and two, and the games that I won, I just sort of at some point realized that I had won. I was like, I was just like attacking. I was just playing cards, whatever. And then I was like, okay, I'm going to play this thing. And they're like, well, I can't block that. And I'm dead. And I was like, what? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Tiger Benji. So you basically give up the ability to tutor for things um, in exchange for unblockability on almost all of your tiger, tiger attacks, right? Yeah, mm. pretty much. Yeah. And then uh, you also got access to spring tidings, which with the, uh, with the crouching tigers can get pretty spicy. Ca crouching uh, tiger yeah. spring tidings. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But um but yeah, it was fun. It was it was a good time. Uh I might give it a couple more tries or I might just try to shift it to Tiger Katsu. Um because I feel like just having things at the ready is probably more impactful. Uh as much as I do love Benji, and now that I have the deck together as well. If something really cool comes for Benji and Outsiders, then I'm ready to to pivot. But, um, but yeah, it, it was basically just that. It was all good experiences for me. <laughs> nice. And nice. speaking of what I think are good experiences, let's go to Az because I think Az had a very uh, eventful uh, week in Flesh and Blood. Yeah, very much so. Yeah, so um, I was at the so last time we did the podcast, you would have seen that I was in a hotel room. Um, yeah. Not anymore. Uh, so that was for Battle Hardened Leads, which I played in. Uh, played Azalea, of course. Uh, the vlog is on the channel on Go Again Gaming as well. So you can have a look at the shenanigans I got up to there, as well as how the UK sort of run things. Living Realms, great store, the, the flagship UK store at this point uh, up north nice. in the UK. Um, but yeah, they did a great job of organizing it. So shout out to their team if you're watching this. I know some of you probably do. Um, but yeah, I took Azalea to the event. Went three and five. I played all eight rounds uh, of of the of the CC, um, and it was it was ridiculous because it was so varied. The matchups were so varied. I wasn't expecting it at all. You know, the first two games I played again were, were but were both against Guardian, and I was just like, bloody hell, here we go. I had to sideboard straight away, which threw me off big time because I put in Dreadball and I've been practicing with Death Dealer, and suddenly I made errors. So I thought I could draw cards, and I was like, oh no, I put that there because of the because of Death Dealer, but I can't access it because I've got Dreadball now. Dreadball did cause some cause some issues to the Guardians, but it just wasn't enough, unfortunately. It doesn't doesn't go burr like Death Dealer does, and so that's hardly. Yeah. Um. But um. But yeah, the the three wins I got was against an Icelander, a Lexi, and an Azalea mirror match on the bottom tables, which was, <laughs> <laughs> which was good fun. Um. So uh. So yeah. Uh. I, I definitely knew that matchup in and out. Beating up all the other yeah. Rangers. <laughs> yeah, beating up all the other rangers. Um, but yeah, it was a great time. Yeah, as I said, it's the first like um, first like sort of competitive event I've been to. Uh, and I was speaking to this, um, speaking about this to Tommy from Fresh and Buds. I actually appeared on his podcast this week as well. Um, and uh, it it just goes to show that it, you can play as many games of Talishar, you can play as many webcam games as you like. But when you get to the competitive level events and you're sat, you know, in front of someone who's obviously there to win. It's completely different, and you can make mistakes. You get sort of pressured to a certain degree, and it's oh, yeah. just completely different experience. But it's awesome because there's a lot of big learning curve as well. Yeah. Um, so yeah, really, really enjoyed it. And yeah, the vlog does show that. I had some drinks and you know, drinking all sorts <laughs> of stuff as well on that. But um, but yeah, so I had a great time this week. 
That's awesome. I, I agree with the Talishar thing, too. I, I made a, yeah. a tweet a little while ago. It was, it was kind of in jest, but uh, it was something along the lines <laughs> of uh, a lot of the folks who are just grinding on Talishar are going to have a rude awakening when they go to their very first, like, calling event or higher. When they play against people who are actually, like, legit good at the game instead of some rando yeah. who is just, like, casually playing on Talishar and doesn't care. Like That's right. Like, yeah. yeah. It, it's, it's like night and day. Um, yeah, it goes to show. Yeah, exactly. And you know, there's people that know me know that I'm a I'm a filthy casual, uh, and obviously I play games with friends and stuff online and that. And I'm not too not too competitive. So I've got three wins, you know, out, out of eight games. So I'm happy with that to a certain degree. Hey, um, but crushed, I thought I thought I was. I was say you yeah, crushed exactly. three person three people's dreams by killing them exactly. with, with Azalea. Exactly, yeah, <laughs> and that's the experience you go for as an Azalea player. You go there to uh, to, to be like to, so that so the the opponents like they're they're thinking all day about their loss. Like how how on earth did I lose against Azalea? What happened? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, how many yeah, times I was okay. going to prep for the Azalea matchup, but then I realized I shouldn't do that because why yeah. would I do that? <laughs> exactly. How yeah. how many times did your opponents have to take a look at Azalea and be like, what does she do? Um, yeah, so obviously the Azalea Mirror um, was okay, but the rest of them were, yeah, they didn't they didn't really know what was going on with Azalea, to be honest. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was um, it was a great experience nonetheless, and uh, yeah, I'll be probably be back there again at some point for the next big UK thing. So nice. Yeah. Yeah, that's so funny. That's awesome. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I uh, I don't I'm not able to make it to a lot of events these days, but um, that's like some of the, yeah. some of the most fun you know, parts of flesh and blood. I don't know. It's a little, little, uh, overwrought, but I mean, that's kind of like the point of the game though, right. To like get together, play in the flesh and blood, all that kind of good stuff. Uh, oh, it yeah. is. Yeah. And that's when the game really shines. Not, not to disparage like folks who play on Talishar or whatever, but, uh, it, yeah. it truly is it's, much, it's much still better a, in person. It's mm. still a totally reasonable way to play the game, but, yeah, sure. uh, but yeah, I don't know. The game just to me flows better in person. Um, I don't know yeah. what it what it is specifically about it, but it's just the back and forth between between two players, isn't it? Every decision point counts. You know, every card can be used like modally to a certain degree, as long as we're not talking yeah. about the bloody arcane damage, which I'm sure we'll get to. Um, <laughs> but or, yeah, or oddly enough, the gems the gems really cannot be played modally either. They're all just just all the gems. Pieces. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's right. All the instants, you know. But hey ho, um, but yeah, yeah, it's definitely a good experience all round. So yeah. let's let's get on to a, a <laughs> not good experience. Let's get on to yeah. our top five saltiest cards. Now, if you have watched any of our top five lists before here on the Living Legends podcast, you'll know that we each have our own top five list. And what we'll do is one person will prevent, present a card and then we'll kind of go around and each present a card kind of in turn. So you, as the listener, will see 15 cards, but each of us have our own top five. And we've made sure not to overlap um, the lists, but we do probably have opinions on each other's picks because some of these cards are pretty um, ubiquitous, uh, egregious, and, uh, you know, (laughs) salt-inducing. So, yeah, yeah. um, I guess as the host, I will start. And I'm going to start with a card that, I simultaneously really love and also find incredibly salt-inducing, especially when I played against it. And I used to play against it a lot. And this is a card that I played against my good buddy, Travis, who is the owner of Fab Foundry. 
Um, also owner of a local game store here, Discs and Dice. And he also really, really likes Azalea. Um, I'm not sure what mm. his current hero is, but Azalea was his old staple. And my old staple back in the day actually was Viscerai. I really liked an OTK Viscerai deck. And the card that made me the saltiest was Feign Death. So this is... My first pick is Feign Death. I really like this card, by the way. I think this card's cool. Mm-hmm. I like playing it in my Ranger decks. But also, it is super salt-inducing because what what would happen is that... I would have a big turn and then, uh, or I'd amass a lot of rune chance and then try to win on a really big turn. And then he would immediately take one, or take the rune chant damage, you know, prevent some, take at least one rune chant damage, and then feign death my 11 attack dominated Arknight Ascendancy. Um, yeah. And I would be like, God, oh man. <laughs> and so if, if you didn't know, feign death is a ranger instant. Um, it is a yellow pitch card, and you can only play it if you have taken damage this turn, and then it prevents the next um, damage that you deal or take, basically. I don't have a mm-hmm. card in front of me right now. I should probably pull it up, but that's essentially what it does. So you have to take damage in mm-hmm. order to be able to prevent the next damage. So it is, it is fairly balanced like that. You can't just you know prevent a uh, you know crippling crush out of nowhere. Um, yeah, but must not. But it's still very salt-inducing for me because it's like the the one card, the one card at the time that could that could prevent this, right? It's like eleven dominate yeah. unless you have some other shenanigans going on, and I would usually wait until you know it was a good time, nothing in arsenal, so they can do defense reaction shenanigans. Like I wanted to make sure it was a good time. Um, but uh, you know that's that's how it is that's how it is um, well yeah as as we were saying earlier this you know this list is about experiences and you remember that one bloody time when you got done by feign death and it is it oh. is a if you look if you look at it the value that you can get from feign death is ridiculous you know especially if mm-hmm. you're playing against kano for instance that you know that does aether wildfire for We'll soon we'll mention that card, that's for sure. Yeah, we'll, we'll talk about um, Kano. We'll definitely talk about Kano. Yeah. If you get burnt by that once, and then they come in with a blazing aether for like 29 damage, you can essentially just counterspell that with a feign death. Yeah. You know, so mm-hmm. in in certain matchups, it's absolutely ri- ridiculously good. But the, the the lines that need to be fulfilled in order for you to play it is you know, is either feast or famine, unfortunately, isn't it? That's the yeah. thing. Um, but yeah, yeah, I could, yeah definitely. And for me, it was because I played against uh, Travis a lot. And so I played against this card a lot. And it, he always, yeah. it's one of those situations <laughs> where they always seem to have it, right? Like, yeah. 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 So, yep. So that, that is my, my first pick. Um, let's go in reverse order this time. And let's go to, to Az next. And uh, yeah. Switching it up. Yeah. Switching it up. Uh, and this it's a it's a fairly uh, good segue as well because I'm going to mention the the ones um, that are in you know that I was just explaining there. So Aether Wildfire and uh, and or Blazing Aether. So basically the Kano combo turn where you they play Aether Wildfire, uh, which is a two cost wizard action, deals four arcane damage, and then if Aether Wildfire is played during an opponent's turn, which normally it is, right? See Kano off the top. Um, action card effects that deal arcane damage instead deal that much arcane damage plus X, where X is the damage dealt by Aether Wildfire. So this card essentially says you need to prevent four damage somehow, otherwise I'm just going to combo off and kill you with this Kano Storm strategy that then comes in with the second card on this sort of joint list, which is the Blazing Aether, which is the zero cost 
uh, attack that deals X damage, where X is the amount of arcane damage you've already dealt this turn. So, yeah, we, we've all been killed by this combo multiple times. I'm sure a lot of the people that in the audience, uh, people that are listening to this now in the future, would have also been killed by this Kano um, combo off turn. And, yeah, it's just it's just a shame because you, just, you could even be attacking for lethal and they can just Kano off the top and do all of this garbage and suddenly you're dead when you're the one attacking. Um, yep. So... Yeah, it's a horrible window that you have to deal with and you have to sit through as they sift through their deck and find their cards and slowly just burn you alive. Um, yeah. yeah. Um, I, I, I've <laughs> mentioned this story before, but I have a, a quick little anecdote. Um, yeah, yeah. At uh, Grand... Or not Grand Prix. Uh, calling Las Vegas, uh, Team Blitz, me, Diem Armada, and uh, Jim from FabTCG Cards on a team. Round one. I get paired against Kano. I'm playing Lexi. He kills me turn one. And this isn't me like being like, okay, I'll take take it all. Oops. Like this is me doing my best to prevent the all of the damage. And he still kills me turn one. Uh, um, yeah. And it, it was impressive. Was he had a long wildfire. <laughs> he, had, he had a long line of cards out. Um no, wildfire was out. This was, was already. This was the same weekend as the Uprising world premiere. So this was the world premiere. Uh, oh, okay. I'm so getting the, my uh, yeah. events mixed up then. Oh. Um, but but still, like, it it, it was nuts. And uh, he had this long, huge thing. I, I really should have taken a video of it or something, because he played, like, multiple tomes of Aetherwind and other such tomes and drew so many cards and played so many things. Um, yeah. And just killed me. Turn turn one. Like I couldn't do anything. I I, yeah. I did everything I could. The the only thing that I could have done better is put more freaking uh what do you call it uh spell void in my in my equipment. Mm. I guess that's the only way I could have prevented more damage is just like drawn more blues. But I'm playing Lexi, so there's not that many blues. There's a little bit, but. Uh, yeah. Oh, and and also my round, we, we ended up winning. I lost, but uh, my two teammates won. So we actually won that. Did we win that round? I think we I think we won that round. Um, nice. And then um, I we paired up against Tyler Horsepool's team, and mm-hmm. eventually this was like a couple that we were doing good. A couple couple rounds later, and then I also got matched against that team's Kano player, and that Kano player killed me on like turn two or three. Uh, so yeah. Yeah. I I don't have a great record against Kano as Lexi, and then also uh, I play against Diamarmada a lot, and he loves Kano, so I played against him playing Kano a lot. And as said, as 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 said, um, most of the times <laughs> I die is when I have lethal, and I'm like I attack you, and then he's like I have responses, and I'm like, okay, am I dead? Like yeah. like that? Am I dead or or are you dead? Who's dead here? Someone's gonna die. Um, the frustrating thing is as well is like they you know Kano players they lead you into that position thinking you are going to win because they're they're basically just assembling the combo the entire game you're leaking damage you're thinking oh right yeah I'm getting somewhere now they're just like playing energy potions or what have you but then they're on two life and suddenly you're coming in for lethal and that's when they kill you when they're on two Mm -hmm. life and you're about to kill them they've already assembled all their pieces they got storm striders on board which I'm sure Bill can go into in a moment (laughs) um (laughs) But um, but yeah, it's a uh, it's a uh, it's yeah, it's just a it's not interactive. It's you know for, for them they're like doing all this combo stuff and that's how they enjoy the game. Fair enough. But yeah, it's just 
it's just yeah it's just that yeah. those windows where you can't interact or really do anything the, yeah the most thing most you can do is like arcane barrier or use another card that i'll talk about a little, little bit later um yeah. which, which actually ha- has become like the bane of a lot of wizards. So I know a lot of wizard players were pretty salty about one of the cards on my list, but uh, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. But, um, but with that, yeah, I'll throw it over to Bill who I just realized, actually, I'm not sure if you had this in your list or not, actually, but um, I'm sure we can speak about it anyway. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I was originally going to be talking about storm striders, um, yeah. but because as was already going to be talking about blazing ether and ether wildfire, like it's, it's all part of the same it is, experience, yeah. you know, yeah. like you, d- you don't normally die to an ether wildfire blazing ether combo without mm. the storm striders being there. Um, I mean, yeah, exactly. So it's, it's just all the same package. Storm striders <laughs> by themselves. It's a card that kind of breaks some of the fundamentals of the game. Um, yeah. In, oh, yeah. in that it essentially gives you an extra turn on the turn that you are going to win, right? Because yeah, like for, for one resource. <laughs> yeah. So, so you have <laughs> yeah. your turn, you have your normal turn and then you pass your opponent drawing a new hand and then take another turn with your storm striders and kill them. That's basically how it works. You basically take two turns in a yeah. row to, to win. Um, it's crazy. <laughs> yeah. Mm. Um, not um, saying it's like yeah. un- unbalanced or anything, but it, it, you know, it, it can be a little, a little uh, salt inducing. For sure. Definitely. Yes, it really can. Um, which of mine do I want to talk about first? Let's talk about the one that I think is maybe of this list the least salt inducing for me, while still being salt inducing. Okay. Um, so you're you're both familiar with attack reactions, of course. Oh yeah. Um yep. there I is an assassin or two. <laughs> there is one attack reaction above all that most of the time <laughs> when it's being played, it is getting me it is like i like they they play it i i you know it's like they probably have this but i have to play as if they don't because otherwise i'm gonna lose and i block some amount and then they go oh by the way from arsenal pummel yeah Um, oh yeah (laughs) there are like these the five cards that i put that i picked are all cards where i look at them and i just kind of have that like resigned sigh where it's like okay like either i have to really reevaluate reevaluate my game plan or i'm just dead like i'm just losing here um yeah. and pummel i mean obviously has been around for the the entirety of the game uh and it doesn't get played quite as much as i think it may be used to but even with that in mind the times that it does get played specifically against me uh (laughs) it is doing it's doing multiple things because not only is it pumping something up enough to probably get over your blocks and trigger whatever on hits the attack itself has because there are lots of very good on hits now in the game um but and it's actually one that uh combos with another card that's on my list um speaking of just on hits in general but it also makes you discard a card so if you've used you know you want to block um this big attack for like three with three cards from your hand and you're keeping one back because you're like okay i can do something with this card on my turn i can still have an impactful turn and then they pummel you and you lose that card (laughs) oh yeah yeah. that's horrible i I love pummel. Yeah. <laughs> I, it is a super salt inducing card, but I love it. I love it so much. <laughs> yeah, like um, I love it when I get to use it to good effect. But a lot of the decks that I play don't really use like expensive attacks. So yeah. I just don't really I, I don't usually have the opportunity to play it. 
The um, I think I think the classic salt line is Command and Conquer Red Pummel, and just like oh. blow blow up their arsenal and rip a card from their hand. Yeah, for like and for it's ten. For ten. Oh, <laughs> yeah, it's so it's so it's so good. It's so nasty. Um, yeah, it's I I don't. I don't mind it as a card, obviously. Like it, it just whenever it's played against me, it's always to its greatest effect, and that hurts. <laughs> oh my me god! Deeply. I can think of other <laughs> situations too. Like these are all classic, classic salt-inducing things that are just like, well, guess I'm dead. Is uh, like guess a dead. Yep. like Bravo, crippling crush pummel. Like yeah, just rip three cards yeah. out of your hand. Yeah, no big deal. Cool. Like, yeah, just take my hand away and guess I'll just pass without even arsenaling. Just pass straight back to you then. Yep. Brilliant. Yeah, it's your turn again. And then they do it. They do it again after that. It's just like fuck's sake. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> An additional time. You thought you were safe. I, yeah. I, I oh. don't remember if it was a crippling crush pummel or if he did thump <clears throat> pummel or or Oof. but uh, or, I played um, against Zach Bunn from Team Covenant in like the clash thing that was going on. I was playing little little old me was playing a little little Arachne who has like no good specializations <laughs> or anything, and Zach was yeah. playing freaking Bravo who has uh, both uh, Showtime and um, crippling crush, and he did hit me with a with a crippling crush and he also i think i think it was thump pummel where he got me with like a double discard off of a thump pummel but yeah i mean yeah. I, was, I was i was thinking of pump the other day uh pump thump the other day because obviously if you do if you do pummel it it becomes a mini crippling doesn't it essentially yes it does mm-hmm. yeah it's pretty well, good and basically anything that you tear asunder as well oh so hell you can play yeah. tear asunder as well like put tear asunder or just a nothos it is just good <laughs> oh yeah it's vile yeah. Oh. Oh, <laughs> these aren't even on the yeah, list. Yeah, that's, that's one of my votes for sure. <laughs> I like, we should have yeah. put we should have put these ones on the list, man. That's right. Pummel or any other cards that make you discard stuff. Uh, <laughs> that's the thing. Yeah, discard discard effects. I think are very very horrible, especially in this game. Um, but yeah, it's like even if even if they even if they attack you right and they got two floating, you have mm. to sort of assume that that is a pummel. So you have to overcommit, and then they just don't pummel you. It's like ah. Well, yeah, it's, just like a, it's just like a mind game. You don't even see the pummel. They just mind gamed you. But that's the, that's the great thing about this game we were speaking about earlier. Why do we love it? Because of the nuance, the nuances. Well, you know, it is well, salt inducing, but there's those little moments that you have play poker against the opponent as well to a certain degree, which is nice. Yeah, there was uh, there's one story that I have that kind of involves pummel. Pummel isn't actually in the story, but it has an effect on the events of the story. I was playing, uh, it was a Welcome to Wraith draft. It was the first one that I had ever done. And I drafted Reinar. And my deck apparently was really good. And I think I went undefeated there. And I think it was the last match against the person who had drafted Dorinthia and had like just crazy, like got all the majestics that they needed. And um, I think like two copies of Ironsong Determination somehow. Yeah. Um, and by that, I mean, like, they had one Steel Blade Supremacy and two Iron Song Determinations, but even that was, like, oh, just nuts. Yeah. Um, and I had a uh, Slogism arsenal for, like, half the game, and I just, like, didn't have an opportunity to use it. And every time I attacked, I would have, like, two cards left in my hand, and then this one card in Arsenal that was just sitting. And uh, I was at, like, two life. And um, every time I would attack with, like, a singular thing, even if it was just with the the Romping Club... They were like, well, I can't afford to take uh, pummel damage here. I just can't do it. 
So they were yeah. like, okay, I'm going to block out with my full hand, four cards, like Ooh. for four or five turns in a row. And then the very last, because uh, I was waiting for, um, uh, what's the, the card that combos with Slogism? Um, oh, um, it's uh, the Slogism and Regurgitating Slog. Regurgitating Slog, yeah. yeah. So um, I, I was waiting for my red Regurgitating Slog, and it was like in the last card. It was like the last card of my deck. So I was just able to wait this out by making him block with his full hand every turn. And then yeah. I went, okay, uh, slogism plus six regurgitating slog. It has dominate. Yeah. Um, and it was like, oh, it wasn't a pummel. And I was like, exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's a losing game too. If you're just blocking out oh, every yeah. single turn, you're just going to fatigue out and die. Like, yeah, yeah. it was, yeah. So it you was do have to, crazy. You do have to take the risk sometimes. Don't you? you have to think, oh, they got two floating. Is that a bluff? Or I just, I just have to just, I have to take it and just see what happens. You have to just yeah. live life on the edge sometimes. <laughs> unless and not block. <laughs> unless you're olden and have winter's well. Yay. True. Yeah, <laughs> you can just block everything and swing a hammer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, bl- block everything, activate crown of seeds, swing my hammer, you know. Yeah. Brilliant. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. not uh not not my favorite card to have played against me, Pommel. Yeah. No. Um so my card's actually the opposite of Pummel, in my opinion. <laughs> it's, it's the opposite of Pummel. And this is another card from Welcome to Wraith. And it gives me the opposite feelings of Pummel. As someone who wants to pummel someone, me, I'm the one who wants to pummel you. But you have freaking unmovable, and I can't pummel you. So my card <laughs> is unmovable. <laughs> so uh, yeah. this, is, this is me mostly talking about like the, the heyday of Flesh and Blood back, back in the Welcome to Wraith era, where I'd be coming in with a good old attack. Coming in with like uh, I don't know any 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 Reinar attack or or something like that, and I want to pummel, and they go um, unmovable for eight from Arsenal, and I'm like, well, there's no way I'm getting over eight, so, <laughs> so there's that, <laughs> um, and that also happened to me when I was playing Azalea a lot as well, trying to do some like big red in the ledger dominate turns um, against characters that don't normally have defense reactions and they inexplicably have an unmovable every single yep. time. It's not actually every single time, but it feels like every single time. And that's why it's on my list as one of the most salt inducing cards. Cause it feels like they always have it. And I'm always like, do you have it? Of course you have it. Of course you, mm. of course you're both running a movable red and also happen to have it in your hand um, or in, in your arsenal. Yeah. Um, well, and your your example that you gave to us before we started recording today was uh, you were playing against an Ira one time yeah. that was just like, oh yeah, by the way, red unmovable. <laughs> yeah, it's red unmovable oh. from Arsenal. It's like, oh cool. Um, Brilliant. Of course yeah. you have it. Doesn't even doesn't, doesn't even matter what hero I'm playing against. Dash, I don't know. They probably have a movable. <laughs> Data doll, I don't know. They got it. Uh, Arachne, sure, why not? Like. Yeah, anyway. it's just funny as well, like the art as well. The art on there is just like this massive golden clad yeah. guardian with a tower shield yeah. that's blocking like seven blokes, like trying to trying to spear him. And yes, Ira's just like, yeah, unmovable. It's oh, brilliant. That's me. It's it's one yeah. of those cards that feels like it's overtuned, but it's actually not at all. Um, mm. And it feels that way just. As, like, the attacker. It's just, like, puts up this brick, just just absolute, absolute brick wall. And so, for me, as someone who loves the aggressive decks, which I know um, 
are also salt-inducing. I'm sure we're going to talk about talk about those very shortly. I'm, I'm pointing to as, by the way. Um, <laughs> yes. So, yeah, that, that's yeah. mine. That's my that's my number two pick on Unmovable. It was like yeah. an easy pick for me too. I'm just trying to think of the cards that when I play Flesh and Blood, especially like you know when I think about playing Flesh and Blood, if I someone plays it against me, my my initial reaction is just like, oh God, you just know, going, oh, God, yeah. So. And I've I, I, I've fired many a eight power red in the ledger in my time as well, and just to be blocked by one card from Arsenal, the immovable is just like, what is the point against you know playing Rangers against Guardians? You just can't <laughs> bloody hit them. It's, <laughs> you can't. With, with Azalea, it's like extra bad too because you had to go through it all of these freaking hoops to give your red in the ledger dominate. You have to like do the whole juggle where you like. You know, maybe yeah. maybe play aim shot and then you reload and then you activate your skull bone to flip up a thing to see if the top card is the thing. And then you're like, oh, it is a thing. You're and like, then I can yes. activate Azalea and do all this stuff, jump through all these hoops, mm. fire it off. And they're just like, mm, um, pitch three, unmovable from Arsenal. Red unmovable, oh. yeah. 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 So, nah, I'm yeah. I'm not gonna take that damage. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which so, is why, which is why, which is why I love, which is why I love Dreadball so much. Because obviously they it prevents them from doing it from hand at least, but they can still put it in the arsenal and still do it with bloody thing unless you play the release attention or whatever. But yeah, yeah absolutely horrible card. Um, <laughs> they can always they always have the option of just pulling it straight straight and, out of their arse. And, and, and the exactly, funniest part yeah, is straight like... out of there. Almost no one plays unmovable these days, too. Like that's that's one of the funny things no. is like I can't I can't remember the last time someone played it against me, but I still remember yeah. it, and that's why it made it onto my list. So it was exactly. scarring enough. Yep. Yeah. Like every time you're presenting eight, you're just thinking, oh for goodness sake, do they have it? Do they have they the red do. unmovable? Even though they're playing Briar. They always do. Oh yeah. <laughs> like I. Playing, yeah. Playing red Denver line fire movable. Playing welcome to Wraith Sealed. They have it. Whatever that card is in their it. arsenal, whatever you think it is, it's either an unmovable uh, a, a razor reflex or a pummel. It's going to be one of those three. And for one me, it's always going to be unmovable. Just yeah. always. Uh, bloody hell. Anyway, as re regalia uh, so with yeah. assault. Yeah. Uh, so let's move on to uh, aggro matches. Um, one of the uh, one of the biggest cards for Briar in that zero, you know, red line strategy. Ravenous rabbles turning into ravenouses for eight, and and lion strikes for nine, and all this garbage is uh, Channel Mount Heroic. Um, one of multiple channels on my list, I might add. Um, so yeah, Channel Mount Heroic. It's a three cost uh, Earth action aura, so it stays out. Uh, blocks for three. It has go again on it. So after you play this, you can do shenanigans, which is ridiculous. Should shouldn't have go again on it. Uh, it just says attack action cards you control have plus three. Brilliant. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. So all of your zero costs are basically attacking for seven go again, which is great. And obviously, th even things like C and C and all that garbage pumped up by three as well. So it's just adding so much value to every other card that you play and you probably would have drawn loads of cards before this with tome of harvest or even played a force of nature which means if you hit you draw a card which means you draw more zero cost go again attacks which are now coming in for seven and god knows what um so so yeah seeing this played against you is just like right here we go yep channel yeah. mount heroic let's go <laughs> you just have to just you just have to survive these channel mount these channels are just absolutely horrible you just have to just survive through them well, um, unless unless they're playing cha channel like 
Thunderstep or whatever. <laughs> Which yeah. case, what even is that? What yeah, even is that card? Not, let, let's just say not all of the channels are made equally. We'll just put it that way. They're not. No, it's really not. <laughs> On the other one, you have to pay a resource to get go again. Like, what? <laughs> yeah. In comparison yeah. to just throwing Ravenous Rabbles for nine. Yeah. Um, Easter egg for ten. Yeah. GG. Easter egg for... Yeah, exactly. Easter egg for ten. Audi has go again because they got a lightning token. Mm. Oh, no. The, the worst is when um, they have the lightning token and then they are like, snatch. And it's like... Oh. This is gonna suck no matter what. Like you're gonna have to Snatch block for seven. Go again if it hits draw. What? Yeah, that, that's when <laughs> that's when things start to get real nasty. Um, oh. It's like okay, if they I play can... force of nature. They draw two. It's like go away now. So you can Just... block block with your whole hand probably so they don't draw the card. But they're gonna follow that up with another thing, and so it's just gonna mm. you're just gonna be in pain no matter what. It's gonna hurt. Yeah. It's not very nice, and that's why, and that's why, obviously, it's rose to the top quite quickly. Um, and uh, I thought I would see a lot of it uh, at Battle Hard and Leeds, but uh, everything got a bit frosty, and we can see that of us going on. Especially Leeds was, you know, all ice heroes in the top eight. Um, mm. So Briar just hanging on uh, very, very, very loosely to the Living Legend. She probably will still achieve it quite quickly, but um, being gate kept by the ice at the moment. But yeah, horrible card. Um, and yeah, I'm sure a lot of people in the comments would have uh, would have experienced this absolute shenanigans going on. Uh, but yeah, that's that's my that's my second card. <laughs> yep. Um, to continue my anecdote from before, one of the other matches that I lost um, at the team sealed or the team blitz uh, calling was against Briar, um, who obviously Channel Mount Heroic punched me for like a million damage, um, and yeah. uh, me being Lexi who is notoriously great at blocking, uh, was able to stave off all of the aggression. No, I died. Um, <laughs> no, I died. No, I died. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it, it, I think it was Snatch that did it, too. It was, like a, it was like a multiple Snatch turn that really just got me. Like, yeah, it's ridiculous. It's just, it's just hard to deal with sometimes. Um, yeah. And when most of my cards like block for two, it's like, eh, well, I guess I'm just not going to have a turn. And then just not having a turn as an aggressive deck as my lexi deck was an aggressive deck not a ice lexi um mm -hmm. then it's just like guess i'm dead because if i block with everything and I have to pass the turn then they're just gonna punch me even harder um it's like a losing losing battle anyway i agree yeah it's, it's just healthy. you just you, i mean if you if you're if you're an aggro against an aggro uh, if this comes down you've basically lost the race to a certain degree haven't you it's just the, the amount of value they're getting out of this is just is just absolutely horrendous and if you are blocking it out you're still leaking damage which you know they're still drawing cards and all this bollocks like, so yeah it's um channel mount heroic is one of the few cards in flesh and blood where you get exponential value from because mm -hmm. every single time you play an attack action card you get plus three and plus three by itself is worthy of a card effect most attack reactions pump for plus three and most of them yeah. cost one resource we also have, you know, you have some that cost zero as well. But those, the zero cost ones that give you plus three, usually have other stipulations. Unless you're assassin, then you then you're eating good. But uh, traditionally speaking, like uh, a plus three would be like a iron song. What is it called? Is it iron song response? No, not that one. Iron song, um, iron song response is the zero cost reprise one. Yeah, that one. That's what I'm talking about. So yeah, zero, but plus three only if they block the card. Um, so this is a card that really breaks that like stat mold 
that some people like to talk about where like, oh, every card has like eight value worth of stats or some some kind of thing. This card, mm. depending on how many cards you play, has way, way, way more than eight. Um, and mm-hmm. almost like immediately if you drop this card and then you're like, oh, I have less life. So Scar for Scar for seven. And then Ravenous Rabble for, you know, whatever, seven. <laughs> some some amount. Uh, and then yeah. another another thing like snatch with yeah. go again from uh embodiment of lightning <laughs> yeah yeah so like <laughs> yeah. it's it, it really is one of the cards that makes briar like super strong there's another card too but i'm sure we'll talk about that one eventually <laughs> eventually yeah. as well uh, yeah um so with all of, with all of this talk about briar and <laughs> how tilting it is to play against briar uh why don't we why don't we keep that going a little bit um yeah <laughs> my next card that I would like to bring up is a card that I think I like I think everybody is on the same page about this one. Uh I don't think that this is particularly um controversial in any way. Um I think that this card was maybe a mistake. Um like that that's maybe me going a little bit far, but this is my own personal opinion. Uh mm. Rosetta Thorn is yeah. the strongest maybe weapon in the game (laughs) like with how easy it is to activate with how hard blocking split damage is and the fact that it only costs one resource like i think the thing that's really gating it is that it's heroes well i mean um chain in cc got living legended right um Mm -hmm. so he can't use it in cc anymore because you can't play chain anymore (laughs) um briar is very swiftly on her way there which of course because of the um the specialization or the weapons or their signature weapons that's what it's called because of that we won't see rosetta thorn anymore but i think the the strongest uh detractor from rosetta thorn is that its heroes keep getting banned (laughs) well yes there's that um and i would i would argue that in no small part due to rosetta thorn um yeah but Rosetta Thorn, I mean, okay, I'll just cut cut the preamble. Rosetta Thorn should have been an elemental runeblade sword. I have no yep. idea why it's not. Um, all of the other weapons in the set follow that kind of theme, right? So, like, Shiver is an elemental ranger bow. Why, why can't Azalea use Shiver where, like, you know, Viscerai can use Rosetta Thorn? It doesn't make sense to me, like, from a flavor standpoint. And from a yep. power standpoint, it also doesn't make any sense because the card is, like really really good um like so like voltaire as well isn't it like yeah. voltaire why can't azalea use it um yeah. but yeah. Yeah, as you say yeah this viscerai has been viscerai was put up a notch for the, from this weapon alone because he likes to play attacks and non-attacks multiple times during the during the thing so he's always getting the one for four split damage at the end yeah. Yeah. nebula blade doesn't exist anymore yeah. and that's his signature weapon reaping blade is the is essentially what people well, I used to have a janky Viscerai deck, and that's what I used for the one resource floating on the end to swing for three. That's basically oh, yeah. what it was. But swing for, swinging for four split damage for one that you can always essentially get in a Viscerai deck is, is ridiculous. So, yeah, that's it, another thing as well, Viscerai using it. It's funny when you look at, like, the Tales of Aria weapons. So, like, you have the two ranger weapons are basically locked to the hero. So you have two elemental ranger bows that only Lexi can use. But then you look yeah. at the Runeblade weapons, and they had Duskblade, which is just a Runeblade weapon, and then you had Rosetta Thorn, which is just a Runeblade weapon. Why did they make yeah. the Ranger ones, like, specific to Lexi, but, like, they're like, nah, Runeblades need the help. 
they're the ones that that could they they need they need the help so anyone could use these weapons. Yeah, it's, exactly. I don't. Know. <laughs> That's a design choice that I'm just to this day just completely unsure of. Like I don't know why. Yeah, I don't know why that decision specifically was made. It feels um, like it feels like Rosetta Thorn. Mm. I don't know this for true for for certain if this is true, but it feels like Rosetta Thorn was initially slated to be an elemental rune blade weapon, um, but it got changed at some point. It even looks like one. Like it is yeah. Name, yeah. named as such, it looks like one. It fits the flavor. Um, I'm not sure if it got changed due to like um, their internal testing or like oh maybe. We think that Chain needs Chain needs some help. Um, yeah, I laugh because Chain. Chain's one of the most busted heroes in the entire game. Yeah, um, but also like keeping in that same uh, like train of thought. How crazy would it have been if Azalea had access to Voltaire? Nice. Yeah, like the, the, it yeah. would have been really nice. It would have been a big buff because then you get you know go again, which is something that Azalea generally has pretty. Uh, a pretty difficult time coming across mm. um but it yeah it's sweet, like but actually. but ranger didn't get that and instead runeblade got uh, again like i i'll say at the very least the strongest token weapon that exists but I, in my I, opinion maybe the strongest weapon in the game right i now. Yeah, <laughs> think rosetta thorn is probably the strongest weapon that attacks put it that way yeah yeah um, to be yeah to be fair i think that luminaris is absolutely busted luminaris um, is pretty for, good for multiple <laughs> reasons I, I think but yeah strongest weapon that attacks luminaris is good in a way that alters how you fundamentally play the deck um yeah. whereas yeah. rosetta thorn is just like her her four damage here you go <laughs> like yeah. but it's, it's good though it's like i don't want to like you know uh, disparage well i do want to disparage it but you know it, it's good it's Absolutely. it's disgusting um yeah also it's just like the most effective way to get four damage in the game <laughs> i do want to say that if azalea could use uh voltaire i'd probably be running azalea in as, instead of lexi uh in blitz as my mm. no fuse deck um because i mean i think it i think it might be worth you know it might, it might even be worth doing a stream like at some point on your on your uh, weekly streams, Cal. Like, what would happen if Azalea could use Voltaire? You know, see if it makes a difference. You know, it, see, like, it would be sick. Actually, I think my Nofius <laughs> deck would be legit because that would give me access to um, uh, Red in the Ledger and Knock the Death Whistle. So, mm. I think the deck would be actually like much stronger because I, I, I it's no fuse. I, I use the blues that I use. The only elemental cards I use are the blues. And they're just for, like, incidental value. There are a lot of the ones that if you play from Arsenal, you get a draw card. Polar Blast and stuff, yeah. Yeah, which I feel like they're decent value, right? Because they replace themselves, and then if you pitch a blue, you have some resources floating. So it's a great start to a turn where you have an extra card, but where you, where you, or rather you don't lose a card, but you gain resources. Um, so that, that's the only thing I would lose. Um, but then you gain Red in the Ledger, and you gain Knock the Death Whistle, which are, like, insane. In my opinion, yeah, like some of the best... Aid. Some of the best specializations in the entire game. Um, Absolutely, yeah. yeah. So, yeah. I think, I think it'd be good. Well, we'll put that on the back burner. Maybe give that a go at some point. <laughs> Imagine, man, attacking. Yeah. Attacking for six with your either like so you can either give it the plus one kind of like how you do with um, Dreadbar anyway. But imagine like running the ledger with Go again. Like you can like. Oh, you can like bait the hell out of them too. So you could like start start the turn with like a red in the ledger, like with go again. And so they either 
have to block it all out or you know only have one action point the next turn or they yeah. can just take it um and then you follow that up with something even like you know an- another like card that you you know want to get hit or want want to hit like remorseless or something um, yeah oh. yeah good yeah. good good stuff let's fantasize about that another time <laughs> <laughs> I can see the thumbnail now. It's like Azalea wielding Voltaire. Oh yeah, give it to me. Oh, I love, I love Voltaire. Yeah. It's, it's one of my like, favorites. Like lightning bolts and stuff coming around out of her. Uh, uh, yeah. Places. It's um, one of it's one of the reasons why Lexi is like one of my favorite heroes. Voltaire is such a sweet, sweet weapon. Um, yeah. Yeah. Nice. Anyway, um, mm-hmm. shall I move it's on? To you, yeah. Shall I move on to mine? Okay, so. Yeah, um, I swear not all of mine are defensive cards, but they mostly are. The next one I'm going to talk about. <laughs> all right, so this one, okay. I think a lot of people can get can, can get on board of this. Like casual, like social players, tournament grinders. Mm-hmm. I know a lot of pros don't like this card either for what it does. Because it's like, I don't want to say it's too good, but it's kind of too good. Um, we're going to talk about Oasis Respite. So Oasis Respite is my third saltiest card. It might be my number one saltiest card, to be honest, like, if I'm being honest here. Um, Specifically as an assassin player, because this stupid card, like, we recently had a UPF stream where I had uh, arsenaled a shred, right? So I was was coming in with all my my assassin attacks, like, coming in with my... um, uh, my uh, surgical extractions and all that kind of good stuff, and I'm just I, I'm I'm sandbagging this shred, and every time it was like three times in a row from multiple players, um, I got Oasis respited instead of blocked. They didn't block; they just Oasis yeah. respited it, and like they somehow knew, like they soul read that it was a it was a shred, and they just kept getting Oasis respited. I'm like, I can't yeah. I can't do anything about this. Um, yeah, so that that's not why o- Oasis Respite is salt inducing. It is for me. Um, I just think Oasis Respite is salt inducing overall because it's like a very mm. ubiquitous card that a lot of heroes run. It is kind of like one of I, I would guess probably one of the most brand defensive cards in the game <laughs> next to like Sink Below. It's it's got to be like Sink Below and Oasis Respite like as like some of the most played defensive cards in the entire game. Um, if you don't know what it does by the way just in just in case it's a it's an instant we're talking about the red one because the red one's the the biggest offender it's an instant yeah it costs one to play um and it says that it prevents the next four damage that would be dealt to you um will be done to target player and then if that player has less life than other players then they gain a life basically um so basically you prevent uh for the next four damage that you take and you also gain a life if you have less life so it, it virtually uh prevents about five-ish points of damage for one resource. And Mm -hmm. that rate isn't, like, amazing, right? Because we have uh, Sink Below's that block four for zero, and you also get a little bit of filter. But what makes it so good is that it's an instant, so it gets around dominate effects or other sort of evasion-type stuff, and then it prevents any form of damage, so it also prevents arcane damage. Um... So I know a lot of uh, wizard players out there who are like, who uh, when they were listening to Az, this is a, a straw man, but as they were listening to Az, they were like, hmm, I don't know. I think I think Aether Wildfire and Blazing Aether are totally fair cards. Um, and they're, <laughs> they're very salty when, with the Oasis Respite, I can tell you that much. Like, yeah. if, if a wizard player plays um, 
uh, wildfire and it gets immediately away from Respitten. Then uh, they're they're a salty wizard. I can tell you that much. Um, yeah, so. it's just one of those cards, isn't it? It's like you know you can you can block out any damage you want and you can get around that sort of reactionary window uh, restriction. So if you can't play defense reacts for whatever reason, you, like you say, if you're getting CNC'd, if you're getting dominated, crippling, crushed, yeah. or what have you, you can still sink below from your hand to block four and then yeah. you can pay one an Oasis and prevent eight so you don't get crushed and still have two cards. Um, so get around uh, crippling, crush and pummels and all that sort of thing. Um, mm-hmm. So... Yeah, yeah, it's like the versatility of it that makes it like so strong. It's, it's the fact that it's just like you in almost every single situation, it just does what it does, right? It's one of the cards yeah. that doesn't really. You can't really. You can kind of play around it, but not not a whole lot. There's not a lot of counters to it, is what I'm saying. Um, unless aetherize. I was saying unless the wizards are playing aetherize, where they where <laughs> they play where they play their wildfire. No. And then you Oasis, Oasis Respite, and then they uh, Aetherize and counter your Oasis Respite. Oh, that would be brilliant. Which would be I, I gotta tell you, if a wizard is playing Aetherize and are able to cast it with a valid target, they deserve to win that game. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> they were just simply more prepared than you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah. I, I, it, it's Oasis Respite. Um, it's a common from... Um, Uprising and it is probably one of the best cards and most played cards from the entire set. Yeah. yeah. I I remember when uh did my first Uprising event, it was Uprising Sealed. And uh you know, a bunch of the cards I hadn't really listened to any sort of content about what cards people were like really keeping an eye out for, cards to to really pick if you're drafting or sealed or whatever. And uh, so a lot of my thoughts and feelings about the cards were very organic. Um, It was just from how they performed in the deck. And yeah, like after I think maybe even it might have been the first game. I think it was like officially the second game. I was just thinking about it and I was like, Oasis Respite is crazy. Like this card is nuts. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I I play a lot of Icelander. Icelander is like my go-to for uh, Uprising Limited, either sealed or draft. I really just like playing Icelander quite a bit. And mm-hmm. um, yeah, a lot of the games come down to like, all right, I'm going to kill you. Do you have Oasis Respite? Like, if you, if you have it, you live. If you don't, then you're dead. Like, it, <laughs> it's just how it is. Just crazy. Yeah. It's, it's a good card. Um, it's, it's one of those cards that we'll see play. I, I, I can, I can't not, see this card not being played it was like triple negative mm-hmm. but like it's gonna be played <laughs> like throughout the flesh and blood history yeah. in, in any format that is legal to be honest in fact no I, I actually think oasis respite is perhaps at its best in formats like blitz and upf where you don't have like sideboards or whatever because it's kind of a catch-all right whereas if you're if you're yeah. playing if you're playing blitz right running something like sink below has a little bit of opportunity cost to it, right? Because like if you're running up against a wizard, right, your your red sink below sucks like hard, mm-hmm. um, unless they're running like mm-hmm. a, a bull lander kind of kind of deal. Um, like pitching red to prevent one arcane barrier is like terrible. Um, but Oasis Despite always gonna do yeah. four, maybe five. Right. It is it is active in every matchup, really, um, because yeah. every matchup wants to deal damage to you in some way. Um, yeah. And the fact that it it works on 
both axes of the uh, physical damage and arcane damage just means that like it's just never dead, yeah. uh, which is again crazy. <laughs> Here's my 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 buy my buying tips for me noted uh, finance guy. Um, <laughs> don't even have yeah, the right word. Here we for go. It. The Living Legends Finance Corner. Here it comes. If you don't have foil red Oasis Respite, you should just go. You should just go buy them. They're they're not that expensive. And uh, you're probably going to use them throughout your flesh and blood career. Just you should just do it. Um, just go buy three, yeah. and and thank yourself later when um, Ultimate Pit Fight is super popular and everyone wants um, a playset of them, and they're like five to ten dollars each because it's been out of print yep. for like two years or whatever. Um, mm -hmm. so. Yeah, just just a little just a little tip. It's one of those cards. I like to think about this. I, I don't think about it in terms of finance, but I think about it in terms of me wanting to get cool cards or cards that i would want in the future and wanting to just play with them and oasis respite foils is, is one of them another one is also like scarf or scar foils easter egg mm -hmm. foils these are all cards that personally i have sought after because i'm like these are cards that i'm going to want to play with um it's, even it's... um oh go ahead uh i found out recently that uh fiendel's fighting spirit the red foils are like ten dollars what right now. really oh <laughs> yeah i have a bunch of them i was wow. surprised too i'm sure i have like probably 10 of them just laying around in bulk somewhere yeah um but like yeah they're people want them um apparently they're they're a popular option yeah i those are ones that i also have a you know full foil playset of but that's because i opened up an absurd amount of uprising boxes and i just happen to have like seven of them or whatever um the yellow ones too for for the fighting spirit the yellow ones are also quite good too um because mm -hmm. they still they still uh pop illusionist shenanigans um, mm. anyway let's move it on to as what is your um third most um sodium inducing card sodium inducing um <laughs> yeah, <hell> yeah. <laughs> i was just trying to think of a, a way to sort of link uh what we're speaking to something else but yeah there isn't really any any real link between these ones but uh let's just go with uh the next channel on channel card on on the list channel fireball um Channel Fireball, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> no, no. Um, Channel Lake Frigid is the next one. Um, so, yeah, yeah. Uh, especially in Icelander decks because they can flash it out on your turn and just completely yeah. ruin your entire turn. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's, um, it's absolutely disgusting. Um, just making everything, cards, unactivated abilities, costing an additional one is just horrendous when you're playing rangers because you have to activate your bow to get something in your arsenal in the first place. That then costs you two resources yeah. to put something in there. <laughs> um, oh, yeah. And, and then if you want to activate your cross wrap, that costs you one. Oh, it's just horrendous. Yeah, it's just horrible. <laughs> and then obviously, when they play it on your turn as well, because it's a blue, you get the frostbite. So that adds an extra tax to the first thing you do. So activating your activating Death Dealer on your turn, if you've been frostbitten, it's going to cost you three. So you have to pitch a blue to get a card in your arsenal. Um, so yeah, it's just it, it elongates the whole the whole the whole game a little bit as well. And you almost don't want to do anything on your turn because you're just wasting wasting stuff um so yeah it's just a horrible card really absolutely hate seeing yeah. it being played and it's always when it comes out it's always like oh here we go here we go <laughs> it's bloody winter but, is here now i think i think my favorite part about it uh both ways is because it's because it's hilarious is that it makes a, a fiendel spring tunic cost one to activate 
So you can't yeah. even yeah. you can't even use your tunic. It's hilarious. <laughs> it makes uh, it no. neutral. <laughs> yep. Uh, so it's hilarious. Uh, yeah, I agree. I agree with that. It's, it's what I think. It's like a pretty unanimous card, right? It's like mm-hmm. it, it. It's just so annoying. I, as someone who likes to play Icelanders, like I said, um, I think it's it's fun. And as someone who primarily plays aggro decks all of the other time, I hate it. It's one of my least favorite cards to see across the board because it's just yeah. like, all right, this 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 awesome hand that I have now that I can attack with like four or five things. Now I can attack with like two of them maybe. Um, mm. And if I'm ranger, good luck because now all that arrows cost an additional two to play. Um, oh, it's horrible. Yeah, it's gross. Yeah. Yep. Really, really horrible. Like it, it, it costs. Z- your zero cost arrows cost two more to play, right? Your your one drop arrows now cost, uh, well, still also two more to play. But it ma- it makes your one drop arrows cost three because you have to pay one to to use your bow, and then you have to pay one more to actually like activate it. So, yeah, channel. It's not I, very I nice. think it's really funny. I, I was watching or reading like uh, some some Twitter discourse about ver- various things, and I think Yuki Lee Bender called it. Um, channel lake fr- friendship or something like that <laughs> <laughs> which is like <laughs> said so good it's like the most ironic name um, yeah i love that it's like when people refer to the bfg as the big friendly gun <laughs> yeah exactly just <laughs> wants to be your friend wants to be your friend um, uh, god let's just let's move swift, swiftly on from that that's just taxing effects that just don't allow you to play the game you can you can do maximum salt inducing by playing one of the alternate art ones too, just to flex on them a little bit too, as, oh, as yeah, you're laughing in their face. Yeah, yeah. I have uh, I have two of them, and I uh, have a line from a local to get a third for my I, full playset. I had two. <laughs> I had two, and I I was at the option. I was at the crossroads of whether I could buy another one to have the full playset, or just sell one and then just have one for like completionist collection sake. And um, I sold the other one at like the height of the the set for a lot of money. I think I think I sold it for like two or three hundred bucks or something. Um, yeah, wow, that so checks out. I, d- I don't yeah. I don't regret that. I still I still I still have my one with the cute little 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 fox thing on it. Meep. Little I think, fox. I think they're yeah. called meeps. Yeah, <laughs> cute little meep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay. <laughs> whose whose turn is it? Is it my turn? It's your turn. Yeah. It's yours. Yeah. Okay. All right. So let's see. What else is on my list here? Uh, I have a good one, but I swapped out some stuff. Okay. So I want to keep these sort of grouped together in in kind of an order. So the next one I want to talk about here uh, is a card that, as a warrior player, I love this card. <laughs> I know what you're talking but, about. <laughs> but it is the most deflating card to see played against you. And whoever, when you're listening to this, you might think of numerous attack reactions that Warrior has access to. And all of them are probably fair, but none of yeah. them hit the pinnacle, the peak of frustration and sodium like Rout. Yeah. <laughs> Rout is such a crazy card. Yeah, yeah. it really is. It, it's... Uh, I, I, I think Rout is the sorry, OG salt-inducing card it's it's the thing i think the one that i saw the most salt when the game was like first like very very young i think it's the one that people complained about the most um yeah like 
it, it it's that combined with singing steel blade really like just being able to have access to it from your deck at the opportune time but uh, oh, yeah. there was a local there was there was a game i was playing at an armory um against our like local dorinthia player he loves dorinthia plays only dorinthia he's very good at dorinthia but also he high rolls me every time <laughs> <laughs> uh he, he he i think this was the game where he started off he had iron song determination and glistening steel blade on turn one Nice. Um, and was just like just passed over to me for my first turn, having like four counters on Dawnblade because there was just nothing I could do about it. Nah, and yeah. Uh, yeah, so I was like, OK, cool. And then the very last turn, he attacked me with it, just like bare attack. And I was just like, OK, well, I can't afford to take any damage from this. So I'm going to block with my whole hand. I blocked 12. And he said, oh, OK, pitch two blues, two routes. <laughs> Oh, I was like, two routes. <laughs> two routes. I got oh, double what? routed. Oh, my goodness me. Yeah, so so it's just a casual, technically, plus 12. <laughs> yeah, yeah, plus six from raw damage and return two cards to hand. That's disgusting. Yeah, that is, it was yeah. nuts. But yeah, like, so as, again, as a Dorinthia player, it feels so good to be able to do the getcha of like bounce a card back. You can't block with it. And also yeah. plus three. Like, it's it's just a crazy amount of value from a single card um but god it's frustrating <laughs> can you um so if if they if they de-react with something can you return that to their hand as well you can but since you're still in the reaction step you can just replay it yes um, uh, if they fine. have the resources so earlier i mentioned yeah. how unmovable was one of my saltiest cards one of my favorite things to do is to route unmovables back to their hand when they have no resources. So it's just like get get absolutely wrecked. Like yeah. Not not only are you not yeah. preventing this eight damage, you're going to be taking more. Um, you're going to be taking more. Yeah. yeah. So I played a yeah. I played a lot of Dorinthia back back in my day. So um, in, in that um, situation, yeah, route is crazy against that defense reaction. But uh, every time I can route a defense reaction, it's always sink blow. Every yeah, time. yeah. Don't 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 <laughs> route sink blow. They're just gonna play it again yeah. and then get the effect yeah. again. So <laughs> yeah, I see. Yeah, okay. Yeah, so it's more it's more effective against the defense reacts that cost them resources to play. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hundred exactly. percent. Okay. Um, nice. But but yeah, just in general, like especially as the the way to to close out the game i think that route is one of the most effective tools that that warrior has and they have a lot they have a lot of attack reactions unless yeah. your opponent's playing with oasis respite <laughs> you can't <laughs> bounce oasis respite <laughs> no you oh god that stupid card um <laughs> sorry i'm sorry oh jeez. um yeah no route I, I even there's even some memes that uh, I've shared on uh, if, if Kellen in the future editing this put put the Kakaguri um, like oh, yeah. Yumiko Jabami meme of her holding up the card and then flipping it over in its route like <laughs> <laughs> she has like the smug look on her face that's like one of my favorites <laughs> it's like a, yeah. I was like that's a classic uh, flesh and blood flesh and blood meme um, yeah, I again love route hate seeing it <laughs> yeah that's fair yeah that's right you love to play it hate hate to get see it played against you you know 
Exactly. Yeah. It's a double-edged sword, some of these cards, isn't it? It's like, oh, yeah, it's sick when I play it, but when I play against it, it's like, oh, go away. Yeah. yeah. When I play against yeah. it, I'm like, that's not allowed. The no. <laughs> hallmark of a selfish card. This card is yeah. all, all enjoyment for the user, no enjoyment for the opponent. No. Exactly. <laughs> um, yeah. And lovely spe- speaking of sucking all the enjoyment out of uh out of playing flesh and blood we go. mine is uh, just has casually one of the best mechanics flesh and blood has ever made unanimously everyone loves m- this mechanic uh and that right. is spectra everyone loves spectra oh it's, it's brilliant so, it's awesome so mechanic. it's so great and balanced yeah. especially when you can force your opponent to attack your spectral card um with uh, something like uh, Arclight Sentinel. So Arclight Sentinel is my fourth pick. Uh-huh. Once again, not all my cards are defensive, all right? All right, just hear me <laughs> out. Just hear me out. But this I, don't know, I don't know if I believe you. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so Arclight Sentinel is one of those cards when I first read it, I was like, yeah, that's fine, I guess. It's like six, six resources to like prevent an attack. It's so much more than that. It's like six resources to take an extra turn, basically. Um, mm-hmm. So what it does... It's a six drop, costs six to play. It's an instant, a light illusionist instant aura. So it can only be basically played by Prism, also because it's also a Prism specialization. And it says, if Arclight Sentinel is in the arena, when an opponent announces an attack, they must choose Arclight Sentinel as the target of the attack. And then it also mm-hmm. says, Spectra, which says, if uh, Arclight Sentinel can be attacked, when Arclight Sentinel becomes the target of an attack, destroy it and close the combat chain the attack does not resolve. And so if you're new to Flesh and Blood, basically what that means is the attack not resolving means that the effects of the card don't resolve, such as Go Again. So if if something with Go Again ha- is forced to attack the arc like Sentinel, like, we'll just use Scar for Scar because it's like a really easy example. Um, the attack hits the arc like Sentinel. The arc like Sentinel is then destroyed. Um, and then the combat chain closes and then Go Again and all, all other effects do not happen. Um, mm-hmm. So unless you have some sort of shenanigans to another to get another action point, uh, your turn is done, um, and that's just that's just how it is. Um, doesn't matter how yep. much it was coming in for your your turn is your turn is done. You can be. This is one of the cards that actually shuts down the 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 channel Mount Heroic shenanigans that uh, that Az was talking about. If they channel Mount Heroic oh, yeah. and they're like, "Ooh, I'm gonna go off," and they're just like Arc Light Sentinel. Um, that's basically just be like get, get wrecked. Um, yeah, yeah. The, the one of the most satisfying things I imagine, because I don't have a lot of experience playing Arclight Sentinel, um, would be to Arclight Sentinel someone's go again snatch for seven. If they're like snatch for oh, yeah. seven, go again, you Arclight Sentinel that. Oh, you're eating good. Like that's got that's <laughs> got that's got to feel good. Um, mm. But on the on the flip side, on the side that I'm usually on, it's usually like um, you know. Rain razors, load some, load some bow. Or depends on the turn, but you know you're coming in for some arrows. You're gonna do some go against shenanigans. You have something really spicy like your uh, endless arrow that you're gonna pump up and get back to your hand, and the arc light sentinel, and your turns down, and, yeah. and your endless arrow goes to your bin, <laughs> and then you're sad. Oh, see you later. Yeah, you're sad one card as well. That's cost them one card, and they pitch the rest. So yeah, yeah, I got similar similar situations like when. If you're if you're the if you're exactly the other end of the spectrum ranger, you're stacking up a, a massive dominated arrow for like fourteen damage that has you know a, a lovely on hit effect or something, and they're just like ah ALS. Yeah. All right. Cheers then. 
Yep. Right. Mm -hmm. and, <laughs> and the thing is, is like if they have two blues and this, they get to keep one card in their hand and they can play that card and then attack with all their other little aura shenanigans. Oh, attack you yeah. for one with all their little the little auras and yeah. yeah. So I, I think this is one that a lot of folks would, would agree with. Uh Arclight Sentinel. Yeah. Um fortunately, it doesn't see a lot of play because uh Prism is a living legend in Classic Constructed at least. And in, <clears throat> in Blitz it doesn't just it doesn't see a ton of play here and there. Um, to be honest, Blitz, uh, Prism doesn't see a lot of play in, in Blitz just in general these days. Um, mm. but yeah, except, Bill that. except for <laughs> Bill, who doesn't, who doesn't, that's, play that's my Sentinel. one, that's my one drop. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yep. Nice. Arclight Sentinel. Yeah. I, I think, I think what makes it so salty is just, first of all, the Spectrum mechanic, but also that it just, it's almost the same reason as um, one of the other cards we took talked about earlier in that it kind of just gives you an extra turn. It, it's kind of like um, the defensive version. This is a weird way to think about it. A defensive version of uh, Storm Striders, right? Where it just gives mm -hmm. you an extra turn. Um, Storm Striders is like an offensive version. It gives you an extra turn on the turn that you're going to win. So you take two turns in a row to kill. This one is a more, you know, obviously a defensive one where... You just take an extra turn, basically. It's just like, yep, here's 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 a card. Give me my turn back, please. Um, yeah. No, it's just a it's just a counter spell to you know the the opposing hero's most powerful attacks like crippling crush. Nope, sorry, you're not you're not having that card. I counter spell it. Red in the ledger. I know it's not really a not really a, a, a attack that does anything to prism, but just you know you're taking away their best cards by you know, ALSing it. So yeah, it's just horrendous, yeah. really. Yeah. And well, yeah, on top like of the that, the thing for Azalea that that hates it is like you know normally with Azalea you go tall anyway, so it's like mm -hmm. oh um, I have the ability to build up this huge attack. Oh, Arclight yeah. Sentinel. Yeah, and then you've used oh, okay. you've used like four cards to do it, and they've used one. Yeah, it's yeah. just like oh, okay, brilliant. So yeah, yeah I've, not only have I chucked my arrow away, but I've chucked away all those buffs as well that you've just ALS for one for one card that you've put in the bin and you've pitched the rest. <laughs> Great. Yep. <laughs> and then you're attacking me with five spectras on your next term of Luminaris. Yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's the that's the thing that makes it like really egregious is that it's not just they like take an extra turn and then do nothing and then pass back. It's they take an extra turn and then smack you with all their stupid auras that they that they already have on the field. Like mm -hmm. it's yeah. it's like it's 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 uh it's gross. Not not not, not a particularly fun card to play against. We'll say that put it that way. Not, not a particularly fun. Yeah, no no one's ever like when someone plays Arclight Sentinel on you, they're like, oh, fun. You're like, no. Oh, yeah. oh great. Yeah. Oh, good move. Yeah, brilliant. Oh, nice. Nice oh, well sweet. You'd play that. oh, sweet. I love that card. Oh, sweet. Yeah. <laughs> oh, awesome. Yeah, this is going to be a good game. Let's go. Yeah. Play on. <laughs> I think I think it's I think it's true for a lot of the cards on this list to be on a, like, you don't know it's uh, like when they're sitting down against a Kano and Kano plays Aether Wildfire. You're not like, oh, sweet. <laughs> I wanted cool. to see, let's, let's see I, where this goes. I wanted a nice. one turn game anyway. Like that's what I was here for. Oh dear. I didn't want to play follow the red molten road. Here we go. <laughs> I didn't want to play flesh and blood. Did you want to play flesh and blood? No. Right. Uh, anyway, no, it's me. I'll pa pass uh, it off to Ass. <laughs> yeah. Um, speaking of red molten roads and a little bit more of wizard wizardry, uh, this is uh, another token weapon, which I just think is. It's just annoying, and it just wears you down mentally. 
Um, you, you're always thinking, oh, what's the point in blocking this? But then towards the end of the game, you're like, oh, I need to do something about this now. And that's Waning Moon. Um, mm. So, yeah. So they can... This is once per turn instant. Token weapon for a wizard. Two-handed staff. Two resources. Deal two arcane damage to target hero. That's once per turn instant. So on yours turn or theirs. Uh, but if it's not your turn, you can still three arcane damage instead. Activate this ability only if you've played a non-attack action this turn, um, uh, non-attack action card. So normally that's something like um, Icelander, um, Channel Lake Frigid from their arsenal, Blue. You get a Frostbite, then they Waning Moon you at the end, and they Moon you for three. Um, oh, I've heard that it. before. Oh, I, I, say, uh, I say Moon you a lot. That's my, that's my, yeah. that's my go-to, Moon, moon you for three. It's like yeah. my favorite line of play is blue, any blue ice card, but preferably one that like costs one. So you, you pitch a blue, play a one drop, um, yeah. like the, the shards, like the one for two ice wizard. So it deals two, mm -hmm. deals two damage mm -hmm. to him. They get a frostbite and then you, you moon them on top of it. So it's like, it's, it's yeah. three resources for five arcane damage plus a frostbite. Um, I actually, vile. see, this is one of those situations where, um, I really like Waning Moon, but also, yeah, I get, I get it, I get, I get it, yeah, I just, get it. Yeah, it just feels really oppressive, and the amount of it damage is, it can it do is. to you. Yeah, it's just, yeah, it's horrible. It, um, see, I, I like it because it feels so, it feels nasty. It feels so nice. It's just like, it's just like, ooh, I can, I can just blast them for three whenever I want. On I this can third. just moon you. Yeah, yeah and, and just wait until they have all their resources gone and then blast them for three, or I can try to blast them for three and force them to pay some resources. And then I also, I also get a say moon you, which is also great. Um, exactly. Yeah, it's just, also just all, all those aspects just get under your skin. <laughs> yeah. It's like moon you. Just, I don't want to get mooned again. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, mooning me. <laughs> oh, bloody hell. I ate enough ass last night. I don't want to be mooned as well. Jeez. Um, um, <laughs> we, we were talking about like the best weapons in the game. I, I honestly think waning moon is up there. I think it's one of the best weapons in the entire game. Um, yeah, it's a good one. Ne next to Luminaris, yeah. next to Rosetta Thorn, and I don't think it's like I think that's very fair. I don't think it's like that much of an argument either. Like I think most people would agree mm -hmm. it's it's like up there. Not maybe not the number one, but it's like in contention for at least like you know the top five or so. Um, it's it's yeah. good. I know a lot of wizard players who played over Aether uh, Aetherweave or whatever Crucible of Aetherweave. Um, mm -hmm. I know a lot of people who are now playing that instead of Crucible. So. That's saying a lot because Crucible was like a staple for the longest time, but you know, you just yeah. bla blast them for three. Like it's it's pretty nice. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just the fact that you can do it on both turns as well. Um, so yeah, it's just yeah, it's bloody horrible. You can choose your window as to when you want to do it, sort of thing. So if they've got no cards in hand, you can moon them for three damage, yep. or you can just put it in there after you've done something else and. Yeah, it's just uh, yeah, very oppressive. Lots of windows where you can use it. Yeah, um, like like I said, I play a lot of limited Icelander, and you know most of the turns are like maybe you do one one thing on your turn or something, but most of the time you have an Arsenal card, and then on their turn, whatever they do, you like I have a response. <laughs> you're like yeah. you're like all right, I have a response. Ice card from Arsenal, and then they have to deal with the waning ice card, moon. and and then you can waning moon them. Yeah, yeah, and that's the thing as well. It's like if um if if you were to like count up how much damage waning moon does because you know the first couple of times they moon you you're just like okay yeah i'll take two i'll take three but then the more times you do that the bloody token weapon is mounted up to at least 15 damage and it's just like wow okay yeah. it's it's just incremental value over the course of the game which is also 
played at uh, played at random times, which really get into your head as well. So it's just like a grating grating card, which I just I, don't like seeing. I just thought of a really sweet altar <laughs> for Waiting Moon at Icelander. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, any Elden Ring fans out there? We should they should get uh, oh, uh, they should get uh, Icelander to be Ronnie, which is um, a character from Elden Ring, affiliated with the moon, and then get like Waning Moon um, altered to be one of the moon spells or something like that. Uh, Ronnie. Oh Moon. right, yeah. I've just, I've just, I've just googled it. It's like the the witch with the big massive hat. Is that right? Yeah. Um, and there's also Renala too, who's like her, her mother. I don't want to get into the lore, but um, <laughs> Ronnie, Ronnie, Icelander, Waning Moon, altar thing would be awesome. Just, just saying, altarist. Didn't um, didn't uh, Miss Chalice do a uh, Ranny cosplay recently? Is oh, that yeah. right? Yeah. Or maybe it's one of her videos oh, or something, but. I. Yeah. I, I'm pretty sure she did, but like she's all into the Elden Ring stuff now, uh, which, is, oh, yeah. which is great. She's become like pretty popular. Her channel like really took off, so that's, that was yeah. it's been awesome to see. Um, yeah, the journey the journey that she's been on's been wild. I imagine. Yeah, yeah she, she's got. I, I was watching her channel grow, and I was like, oh, she's she's coming up to my channel like size, and then she like, <laughs> yeah. hit my size, and then now she's got like twenty or thirty thousand subs or something like like that. She's doing quite well. So shout out to Miss Chalice. She's yeah. awesome. She's super super nice. Um, Absolutely, uh, flesh and blood cosplayer. She cosplayed Azalea, um, but she mostly does um, Elden Ring lore content and other other mm. such lore content, which makes a lot of sense because she was on my channel. This is a weird tangent. She was on my channel, and we talked about like flesh and blood and stuff. But we also talked about like gaming, video games in general. And she really was into the Divinity series, like um, mm. Divinity Original Sin. So that makes a lot of sense to me that she'd also be into like Elden Ring and stuff. Um, yeah. Anyway, small shout out to to Miss Miss Chalice. She's cool. Absolutely, yeah, absolutely. Uh, and I'll throw it over to Bill now because uh, I've had enough of mooning. So yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, this is one where you know it's not it's not something that you know directly ends the game, and I think it's a card that a large portion of the community underestimated uh, when it first came out. But uh, especially with one of the cards on Kel's list, we got to see just the, the power level of what an innocuous effect like this could be with uh, Crown of Seeds. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Like it. It was a lot worse when there was Starvo, of course, because right now there are only two heroes that can even use it, and I yeah. think it's it's Briar, isn't and it? Band in CC or something? I don't know. Mm, it's it's not. I it was suspended in Blitz. I thought. Yeah, I thought it was Crown Blitz. Ab TCG. But I don't um, remember to be honest, because uh, frankly, I don't play any hero that can run Crown of Seeds. Um, yeah, I I don't either. Um, so I think, it, I don't know, I'll, I'll get corrected in the comments. But um, anyway, that's a card that especially, especially when Starvo was legal, um, I, I attribute a lot of Starvo's success, not only to the fact that his hero ability was overtuned, but also just from the, the multifaceted support that he got from Crown of Seeds. Um, it was not only incidental um, damage reduction, similar to um, something like Valiant Dynamo, 
where turn after turn after turn, you get to shave one damage off, which, of course, over a long CC game, which is what a lot of the Bravo games were, uh, unless they high rolled you, um, it would sometimes save you five, eight, ten life um, like for a singular thing. And then it was also helping you uh, like blast through your deck to get your uh, cards in hand that you needed to activate Bravo or to activate Starvo. Mm -hmm to then use his overtuned effect. (laughs) (laughs) Just so folks know, uh, I have found the banned and suspended information. Um, It it, it is Blitz. So um, it is suspended in Blitz, not technically banned. Um, Let me find it again. Uh, suspended until Oldham becomes Living Legend. So specifically okay. for, for Oldham. Specifically Oldham. Yeah, of course it is. Yeah, it's, it's one of the four yeah. cards that are suspended, the other three being Aether Ice Vein, uh, Hypothermia, and Seeds of Agony. Um, Those all make sense. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, Hypo is, is kind of a, a fun card to... Yeah, just in general, <laughs> it, it could it, hypothermia could very well have made it onto any of our lists, to be honest. Um, yeah, I, I think uh, as his pick was a, is a bigger offender or just more salt, salt inducing card with uh, mm-hmm. uh, Lake Frigid. But, you know, yeah, but uh, but yeah, anyway, I I really like what Crown of Seeds represents, but also it is just slightly too good at everything that it does. Um and it isn't immediately obvious, um, which I think is just even more interesting. <laughs> I mean, it's, yeah. a, it's a sweet card. Like, it's not like it's one of those cards kind of like Fiendel Spring Tunic, where like if you're not really into flesh and blood, it's really hard to know just how good it is. Because when you're looking mm-hmm. at it on a base level, you're like, OK, sure, I, I prevent like one damage and I can filter a card from my arsenal. It's like it's not that exciting. But when you actually play through, play it and use it many, many times over the course of the game, you get a lot of value from it, especially when you factor in the fact, factor in the fact, that uh, Oldham's defense reaction ability on his hero costs two, so you can pitch a blue and activate the, his hero ability and also Crown of Seeds at the same Three time. Three damage prevention, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I, think, I think that's yeah. what makes it really, really good, is with Oldham, and which is probably why it's tied to Oldham specifically, where, like, you pitch a single card and you get all this value out of it, right? Because you use his hero ability and then you use crown of seeds. Um, yeah. So it's good. It's really good. That's a good one. Yeah. Just, just kind of nuts. <laughs> I mean, you, it's, it's like you have this built in value engine. Like the fact that it starts in, in play, like it's a, you know, a piece of equipment starts in play. You just have this built in value engine. That's why the tunic is so good. You have this built-in like passive resource generation, right? Um, yeah, it, it's it's those things. I think I think it's those moments. You know, as a flesh and blood player, it's those moments uh, realizing just how good these incremental value cards are. Um, that kind of level yeah. you up as a player. Um, mm-hmm. Like when you realize that why the tunic is so good. Yeah. Like you get one resource every three turns, but that resource could mean the difference between playing a card and not playing a card. Um, so, yeah. Unless channel Lake Frigid's out, then you can't. <laughs> yeah, unless, yeah, yeah. unless channel Lake Frigid's out. <laughs> um, <laughs> and, th- and those are the moments as a flesh and blood player, you realize just how good taxing effects are because, yeah. um, oh my God, they're very yeah. good. Very good. How salty they can make you, which is the epiphany of this list. <laughs> yes. Well, yeah, I mean, yeah. like, 
as an agro player, not not super fond of the, the Lake Fridge. It's probably my least to be to be to complete to be completely honest, it's probably my least favorite card to see drop on the board across from me. It's just like mm. it's like, oh cool. I guess I didn't want to play anyway. Like no, I don't uh, I don't want to play anyway. Play Fashion Blood. Yeah. I'm gonna sit here. I'm gonna sit here and <laughs> sit, yeah. that's, not, that's not what I came here to do. Yeah. I just want to sit you uh, sit here and watch you crack your storm striders while you wild wildfire me for twenty nine damage. Yeah, but, uh, pit, pitch two, activate Voltaire, put endless arrow, pitch another one, attack with the endless arrow. Um mm-hmm. pitch two <laughs> razor reflex, uh turn pass. Like brilliant. I don't have any yeah. more resources. I have spent ten resources to do four damage. <laughs> Your turn. Yeah. 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 Uh. yeah. Um all right. So mo- moving on. Moving on from that. I would like to yeah. introduce you to probably the most balanced and well respected hero in the entire game, weighing in at 270 pounds of pure Aryan muscle. We have Starvo! I mean, come on. <laughs> we gotta talk about Starvo, man. Like, I probably use it as the thumbnail for this video. Like, yeah. Starvo yeah. is the epitome of assault-inducing card. And that's because not only is Starvo good, Starvo is very, very good. Possibly one of the strongest heroes in the entire game. The 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 quickest hero to hit Living Legend. Um, he's also, like, permeated the meta so very thoroughly that I had so many people comment on videos during that time frame where they're like, I want to quit Flesh and Blood because I'm going to my armory and I'm playing six rounds of Starvo. Like, yeah. like I, I'm sick of it. I don't want to play Flesh and Starvo. Um, and that that's yeah. that's kind of what it was. And, like, not only that, but Starvo has, like, this built-in, like high roll mechanic and here let me pull up starvo to get to get it exactly because i I believe the the there's a certain timing of it it's like at the beginning of your turn you may reveal um cards in your hand if you reveal a lightning an earth and an ice card then uh, your next attack gains plus two go again and dominate i'm pretty sure i'm pretty sure it's something like that Uh, you could just you could just keep saying words it's like when people talk about a card that was going to end up on my list but you know for one reason or another it didn't but um Mm -hmm. uh the the boots um the boots for rune blade uh the one that like spellbound creepers yeah spellbound creepers um starvo and spellbound creepers both feel like a card where it's like Okay, if you don't know what this does, I'm going to read this card to you, and you're just going to have to believe me no matter how ridiculous it sounds. <laughs> okay. Yeah. That, he does have one drawback. The card that you play has to cost three or greater to get to get plus two dominating go oh. again. <laughs> well, of course, Guardians don't have cards that cost um, three or greater, so. Yeah, I mean... Yeah. Oh, Oh wait, Okinol. Hmm. Oh, that might be a good one for this. Oh, that might be a good one. Oh, there's this. also a downside that you can access Earth, Ice, and Lightning cards as well. Yeah, and so oh. his other ability, yeah. he has Essence of Ice, Earth, and Lightning, which means he can use all of those. So not only elements. does he have one of the biggest card pools in the entire game, uh, being an Elemental Guardian hero, so he has all access to all Elemental cards, access to all Guardian cards, and whatnot. Um, but he also just has an insanely good high roll ability to give plus two dominate and go again to the next thing and the, the thing is is when when this first came out there was a lot of speculation and it's really funny so if you go look back on the videos of me talking about it i was like personally i didn't know i was like this looks like it could be really strong the ability printed on here is very strong 
but I don't know how consistent it's going to be to be able to do this. Turns out yeah. it's, it's pretty easy, actually. Um, you can do it pretty consistently. And, and some of the people are like, this card's trash. I literally, there are multiple comments are like, this card's unplayable. It's trash. Like, he's, it's not very good. Um, no, it's like one of the best heroes ever printed, if not the best hero ever printed. Yeah, um, no, it's crazy. <laughs> um, and Starvo basically kind of like ran the show when, when he was around, right? Um, the meta basically centered around Starvo and decks that could could be played against Starvo. Um, it, it's, it's also like, for me personally, really kind of unexciting gameplay too. It's a lot of just block, 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 hammer, block, 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 um, hammer, reveal cards from hand, dominate you, um, block, 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 block. Like, that's basically what it was. Like, you do a lot of blocks, you do a lot of, like, shenanigans, um, and then you have a turn where you, um, you know, oak and old them for 11 or whatever would dominate and, you know, you know, be like, get wrecked. That, that's oh, those <laughs> were the days. Yeah. So, as Starvo, if you played Flesh and Blood during that time period, you know what I'm talking about. If you didn't, ooh, you have you have much to look forward to in the Living Legends format, where it'll be Prism versus Chain versus Starvo versus, I don't know, maybe Briar or something. We'll see who gets the Living Legends next. If it's Oldham, yeah. oh my god, that format is going to be both really interesting and potentially incredibly... I don't want to say boring, Miserable. but like, like, <laughs> just think about it, man. Like, it's for me. If I, it's gonna be all chain because it's gonna be like Prism Turtle, Bravo Starvo Turtle, Oldham Turtle, and then you have like Chain, who's like, I can punch you really a lot. I'm gonna punch you a lot. Um, uh, um, we <laughs> <laughs> let's go. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so yeah, Starvo. You, you can't talk about like. The saltiest cards in Flesh and Blood without talking about Starvo. I agree. It's, it's, exactly. Yeah, when I was coming up with this list, I had I had some, and I'm like, oh, uh, you guys had other cards that I wanted to talk about, like like Frigid and all this kind of stuff. And then I was like, wait a minute. I, I gotta put Starvo on this list. Like, uh, of course. Because I, I was thinking of, like, attack action cards and that kind of stuff, but... Oof. So... Yeah. Yay, Starvo. Yay. <laughs> Yay. And... <laughs> I think the funniest part about Starvo, the legacy of Starvo, is that oh, yeah. now people use Starvo as like a bench line for like the Starvo treatment. Like a lot of folks are w waiting for Azalea to be to have the the Starvo treatment, and <laughs> I don't know if that means that they want her to be so overpowered that she living legends in like five months or whatever, however long it took for Starvo to hit living legend. Um, I'd also like to remind people before we move on. That Starvo literally debuted and hit Living Legend all within the time frame of last year before Worlds. So it came out in Everfest at the beginning of the year and hit Living yeah. Legend before Worlds even happened. Just That's crazy. Yep. Just, just saying. Um, <laughs> yeah. Anyway, <sighs> go ahead. Yeah, go just ahead. nuts. Go ahead, ass. <laughs> cool. Um, so uh, this this could be a this could be a controversial take because th this card is you know I know you love this card, Cal, and that's Art mm. of War. Oh yes. Um, so yeah, I, I've just I've just I think I've just been on the receiving end of some horrible, ridiculous Art of War turns that I've just been like, <laughs> sod this card. I just I just realized <laughs> I just realized one thing. Four out of five of my cards are like all these like defensive cards that I don't like because it prevents me from punching you. And a lot of your yeah. cards are like these powerful go Punch wide harder. Pump, pump cards. Yeah. Like 
Lake Fr- or like a uh, uh, Mount Heroic and uh, Art of War. Uh, I just think it's funny. yeah. It's just just stuff that adds just loads of num extra numbers, extra maths, and all this sort of thing, mm-hmm. and enables Man. just ridiculous <laughs> turns. Um, so yeah, obviously it's fantastic in Lexi. You can mm. I've seen some, and this just makes me bitter as well because Azalea decks don't want to use things like three of a kind and Art of War because she can't make use of like stuff like Voltaire, like we were saying earlier. Yeah. So seeing seeing that on the opposite end of another Ranger player that isn't Azalea is just like, oh, why can't Azalea do this stuff? I mean, yeah, she can do certain comboy stuff like we saw with the Polish Nats top eight, but that just takes a lot of setup. Whereas with Art of War, you can just go, you can just explode into massive turns of three of a kinds mm-hmm. and stuff with Ranger, with Lexi anyway. Yeah. Uh, and obviously, we all know how much work it puts in in Fi as well. That's just absolutely outrageous, uh, outrageous damage output. And even things like uh, Tiger Katsu as well, just putting in so much damage uh, across massive go wide turns. I think I just don't like go wide decks. I don't th- I don't think I like things that go excessively wide across the board um but uh but yeah just bad experiences all around with this card so um and every time i've tried to use it i haven't been able to pull off what i thought it could do um mm. so it just goes to show that yeah some of the decks that i play just don't use it so see i love go wide decks but i also I'm a glutton for punishment. So I don't play like the good go wide decks. I play the ones that require you to jump through a million hoops like Lexi. <laughs> I play the I don't yeah. play I don't play the <laughs> ice Lexi decks. No, I play like the weird oddball go wide Lexi decks where I'm like, nah, gimme give gimme give the, the the Ranger bullshit that we have to deal with. Um, yeah, but that, that but that's but that's nice though, isn't it? Again, it's it's another bit of bitterness as well because I can't play it in Azalea, which is my preferred ranger. Um, yeah. But you can you can do the rain raises, art of war, endless arrows coming back to your hand and firing See, them again. And that's that's, <laughs> that's one of the, the the big like I always always talk about how ranger just has it bad. Um, we'll see how good ranger is going to be this year. Could be incredible, but like in order yeah. to mimic a fraction of Briar's power, we need rain mm. raisers. And Art of War to give all of our stuff plus three, but only for that one turn. We can't do it a second a second time. Like that's that's what I'm talking about here, right? We we don't just like meh, that's Mount, right. Mount Heroic plus three to everything. We're like I'm gonna play the Rain Razors. It's one card from my hand, and then I'm gonna play p- pitch a card, another card from my hand. Play uh, Art of War, another card either from my hand or Arsenal. Banish another card from my hand or Arsenal. To draw two and then maybe attack like two or three times with a plus three. And maybe three of a kind yeah. and get some arrows back and stuff. <laughs> and exactly that, you know. And Channel Mount Heroics as well, as we said, is exactly the equivalent of an Art of War plus a Rain Razors. <laughs> and is. they both don't block either. They don't block. Mm-hmm. They're instant. Yeah, you can block with oh. you can block with Channel too. And Channel, is, isn't Channel like a blue too? Uh, it- Channel Mount Heroic is a red. red. Okay. It is a red. So yeah, uh, but- fr- Frigid's a blue. Yeah, yeah. Okay. But yeah, uh, but still, like, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Just to, I, what's that meme? It's like, look what you have to do to to mimic a fraction mimic of our power. Of my power. Yeah, that's exactly <laughs> that's exactly that's what it. what it is. Oh, someone should do that. We we come up with so many good memes on here. If I remember, I want I want to try to try to make <laughs> make that meme. <laughs> look what you have to do to ma- to match a fraction of our power. Note it down, but. <laughs> Anyway, yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I don't know. It, it's a it's it's a card that I don't like personally, but I've just figured. I think I've, I'm a bit bitter that I can't use it very well in the decks that I play, and as well as that, it just turns on a lot of the sort of strategies that I don't like playing against. So it could just be mm-hmm. me, but it, there we are. 
it is, pro in my opinion, Art of War. I, I would say it's kind of like one of the top tier generics, but I really think that it will become even more valuable and ubiquitous, unanimous, not unanimous, but like prevalent in the flesh and blood scene as time goes on because it has a very, very unique effect um, yep. and a very, very powerful effect that you can run in literally any deck. Um, mm. So unlike something like Art of War or even um, in Art of War, uh, Command and Conquer or Enlightened Strike, these cards can be like outmoded by other attack actions depending on what the class is and what the talent you have. Art of War is just like, it's just super, super good and it's modal and it draws you cards and pumps up your stuff or gives your things go again. Mm -hmm. um, and then it has one other ability that lets you do some dumb stuff that no one's ever used it for. Um, yeah. block, blocking with something <laughs> from your arsenal. But One of our locals had to do that at the Armory this past <laughs> Monday. Wow. It's got to feel bad. Um, and unfortunately did still lose uh, because... You know, when you when that situation does happen to you, when it arises that like that's something to consider, uh, it, unfortunately, you're never really in a good spot. <laughs> I think hold on, no. let me look it up. Oh, wow. It actually uh, I just typed in Art of War and it did pop up with a flesh and blood card. I thought it would pop up with the the the, the book Sun Tzu's Art of War. By Sun Tzu. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, I, I would like to note, you know, this is true. I just wanted to double check because I thought this was true that it gives your attack action cards plus one attack and plus one defense, but they mm -hmm. don't have to be attacking. So you can do shenanigans, and I think I've done this before, where you block with a five block uh, card and you give it plus one with Art of War to pop a, uh, an illusionist card, like to break the phantasm. You could totally yeah. do that with Art of War, uh, which is which is pretty like nice. That. Mm. So. Anyway, I, I understand. Um, unfortunately, I yeah. think it's one of the cards that uh, you're going to see like forever <laughs> until it gets yeah, like oh, no. restricted oh, or no. something, which I don't think it will. Because um, it, yeah, it's 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 a good one. It's it's. Yeah. I've said this multiple times. Uh, it is my pick for the card that will surpass Command and Conquer in value. I I do think over time, Art of War will be more valuable than Command and Conquer because it's going to be played mm -hmm. in more decks. And it's just as rare being from Arcane Rising. Um, and um, it's got a unique effect. Yeah. Like, eventually, they'll, they'll, Command and Conquer will, will see cards that you can play, you know, either here or there. We already have cards like Erase Face that are in that space. Um, but, uh, yeah. It may be good, but I hate it. Let's move on. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but we'll see. That, that's the thing. Most of the cards we're talking about, if not all of them, are very good. Like... They are very mm -hmm. good, yeah, which is exactly. why which is why they're so salt-inducing. Which yeah. is why it's you know it's 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 unique to everybody, isn't it? Because everybody likes and dislikes different things. So there we go. Yeah. Uh, hey, I... I, if they ever print an, an ice earth aggro hero, it would be as his worst nightmare because they can play oh, Mount Heroic and yeah. Lake Frigid. Um, oh yeah, imagine that. Yeah, that's a nightmare. A aggro, <laughs> imagine like aggro Oldham or something. Oof. Like an ice warrior or something. Like every attack gives you a frostbite if it hits oh and God. all this garbage. Oh, don't give him ideas. Yeah. Don't give him no. ideas. <laughs> <laughs> oh, anyway. rune blade. Ice earth rune blade. Ice, ice, ice earth rune blade warrior hero. Frosty. <laughs> it's Frosty Briar. Frosty yeah. the snowman. Briar, yeah. win winter rose. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, no, let's get out of there. <laughs> <laughs> um, right, let's get out of there quick before LSSC. <laughs> so, 
So my last card, I, I had a bunch of preamble for my other picks. Uh, I'm just going to lead this one off with the card itself. Oaken Old. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, the old in specialization. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. Uh, I'm going to do something just just because I, I want to. I'm going to read this card out to the class. Okay. Um, so. So I, I was thinking it was either this or Crippling Crush. Because both of them have very similar effects where it's like it rips two cards out of your hand. Um, they can most of the time get dominate from one of a variety of effects. Um, this one does require a little bit more uh, hoops than um, <laughs> Crippling Crush does. Kind of. I mean, you just have to be playing Starbo. That's the hoop. You just have to be playing Starbo. So Oak and Old is an attack. It's a majestic attack from Tales of Aria. Uh, it, it comes in red and it costs three attacks for seven blocks for three. It rhymes. Uh, it has earth and ice fusion. Um, so you can reveal an earth and an ice card, notably um, pulse. Uh, pulse of Eisenloft um, yeah. reveals to, to which, satisfy that condition, on which, its own. which is currently banned in class constructed. So that's good to know. That's true. This is true. But uh, it also reads, if Oakenold was fused, it gains plus two, dominate, and if this hits a hero, they put two random cards from their hand on the bottom of their deck in any order. Yeah. So for me, the difference between this and Crippling Crush. Crippling Crush uh, needs to crush. It needs to deal four or more damage for its effect to go off. This needs to deal one damage for that yep. effect to go off at all. If yep. it's fused, which it will have that effect if it is fused, it gains Dominate to make it even more difficult to block uh, than Crippling Crush, uh, which can get Dominate, but doesn't inherently have Dominate when this is at its scariest. Mm. Um, it also gains plus two, so it becomes nine Dominate with that effect. Um, and as Kel was saying, with Starvo, um, if this was the card that you were attacking with after activating Starvo's effect, it actually comes in for 11 and it has go again. Yeah. <laughs> oh, nice. And and, yeah. and the, I think one of the biggest things too is it only costs three to play, right? It only yeah. costs three. Crippling Crush costs nine. <laughs> the stupid thing costs three to play. And so it, it has go again. So you're just like at the bare minimum, as long as you have another blue card, which is probably, you know, your pulse or whatever. A lot of people save it, yeah. but uh, you can just hammer afterwards. So you just punch him for, yeah. for, uh, for 15, I think. So if you oak and old fuse and then hammer... It's just 15, you know, whatever. Yeah. And like the, the thing that it, the thing too about Oakenold specifically is even when it's bad, it's still a three cost attack for seven that is a guardian attack. So it fits in, especially again with Starvo. Even if you're not activating it, if you're activating Starvo and somehow don't have the ability to activate Oakenold because you have to like pitch the one of the fuse cards or whatever, um, with Starvo, it's still an attack for nine with Go again. Yeah. <laughs> yeah like and then you follow that up with an icy hammer that's still crazy <laughs> I, this card has one yeah. saving grace in that it helps actually kill your opponent if you're yes. playing as oldham because oh my god please let it end <laughs> like just <laughs> let it end kill kill oh. me already jeez um, that's that thing is, as well isn't it is a it's notable quite... upside <laughs> yeah yeah it's got bloody oldim on the art, and yet Bravo can use both this and Crippling Crush, or Starvo, sorry, could both use both of these cards. Yeah. It's just yeah. ludicrous. Oak and Old is one of the cards that, like, how is this not just a, a an Oldham specialization? An Oldham. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I know, know we had, obviously, Endless Winter, but still. 
Yeah, they, it just makes no sense, really. They might have maybe should have swapped them around a little bit, but yeah, um, they probably didn't. I don't know. I don't know if they knew about Starvo when they printed this card. Um, <laughs> I'd and, like to hope that they didn't. Like <laughs> this wasn't an intentional thing that they saddled us with. And also, like <laughs> I just kind of like the name. I would always joke when I would pull an Olkin old because it just sounds like. And also looks like it's just like old. It's just the oldest card of all time. Oldest old. Yeah. It's oh, just yeah. the oldest attack by the oldest man. Oaken mm. old. He's so freaking old. Like he's just gonna <laughs> he's gonna old you to death. Just <laughs> centuries in the swing. He's centuries. Just, that's the theme of Olden. He has old in his name. He's gonna kill you with his old card. He's just gonna wait you out. Wait wait you out until you crumble to wait. dust. And then I'll yeah. smack you. <laughs> um uh. Yeah, I mean, to me, that's again one of the cards where I just see it played against me, and <laughs> yeah. my my hopes of having any semblance of the game plan that I'd been working to thus far disappear. It's just gone. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, no, no one's ever like they see a fuse Oaken old on the, on the other side. And they're like, oh, sweet, cool. Nice. Yeah. Or they're yeah, like, okay. oh, oh, this is a card I can deal with. That is never yeah. a thought that I've had against Oaken old. <laughs> Clearly, you aren't playing enough red unmovables. <laughs> This is, this is true. This is true. That's a callback. Yeah, yeah, uh, uh, yeah. I mean, oh man, I think a lot of people would agree agree with Oakenold. Um, it's funny. It's funny how like some of the cards change over time too. Because remember, Oakenold was like no big deal at all uh, when it first came out with Inaria. Because they're like, yeah, whatever, Oldem, you know, whatever. And then Starbo came along, and he's like, "What's up?" Like, you, <laughs> let me let me show you how to play with. Let me show you how to really play with your card, Oldem. Like, yeah, yeah, oh. yeah. This was yeah. for me. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you made this. I made this. Pretty, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, that is our top five or fifteen cards, most saltiest cards. Um, most saltiest. This is the top fifteen saltiest cards. Please let us know uh, your thoughts in the comments down below. Um, I have realized that people can actually comment on. Um, Spotify, because we've got a couple comments on Spotify, like answering various things. Oh. I didn't even know you could do that. So if you're no, one of the people doing that, that's cool. I get notifications. They're like, you're, yeah. it always says something weird, like your Q&A has people chatting. And I'm like, what Q&A? And it's just like, oh, there's a comment section. Weird. Oh, sick. Um, okay. <laughs> so shout out to the yeah. folks who are, who are doing that. Please let us know yeah. what your saltiest cards are. Do you agree with us? Is Starvo salty? I mean... Come on. If if you say Sarvo's not salt inducing, I don't know, man. I don't know. <laughs> There's someone out like, there that absolutely loves it. Oh yeah. Loves well, I, mean, open I, all I totally three times respect the people that liked playing it. Um oh, there sure. is I, I do want to say that specifically because uh one of our locals, Kaylee, who's actually gonna be on the EDH um the, the commander stream with us uh in like half an hour. It will uh, have, as oh, yeah. of right this very second. It will have been last um, Saturday for folks watching this right now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but um, but yeah, like Kaylee loves Starvo, um, but she also has a much different experience with Starvo. There were a lot of people that jumped on Starvo right off the hop as soon as people realized like, oh, I can activate his ability like 80% of the time yeah, um, and just and do that. But Kaylee jumped on Starvo as soon as he was revealed yeah. and like went through iterative process to try to figure out what the best deck was like, didn't use, there was a spreadsheet with like a, or there was like a, um, uh, a GitHub 
thing where people were sharing it around and it's like this is how you figure out what the optimal split is she didn't use that she didn't like look at a lot of discussion i think like just worked on it you know herself and through that gained a really deep appreciation for the deck and mm -hmm. like i totally get that i 100 percent get that it's much different from you know the people that picked it up because it was the strongest deck and played it because it was the strongest deck oh, yeah. um so at the very bare minimum, I just want to make sure that Kaylee feels like she's seen <laughs> and that her liking Starvo yeah. is accepted and loved. But well, everybody else, meta slave. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah I mean, like, on question, Starvo, probably the most powerful hero in the game. I, I could see maybe some arguments here and there for maybe, maybe Chain, maybe Prism, but it Starvo definitely... Definitely, they're probably the, the strongest. Well, it just goes like, to show like the amount of time that it took for him to living legend out straight away in the you know within months. So yeah, yeah. yeah. And like Fucking I said, immediate <laughs> Starvo was so salt inducing. I got many people in the comments of various videos being like, "Yeah, yeah. I want to quit playing Flesh and Blood because I went to the Armory and played six rounds of Starvo. Like I I'm not yeah. going." And there will be people who are listening to this podcast who had that experience. And if you did. Let us know. Let us know down yeah, below. Yeah, let us know. Share it. Commiserate uh, in the comments. Because, <laughs> like, yeah, I mean, like, that's not fun. Like, for any card game, you go out and you play against the same deck that's just, like, you know, not only is it, like... Homogenous. Yeah. Very strong, mm. but, like, as a new player, you're just going to get absolutely curb-stomped. Like, like, yeah. ooh, like I, just even started, if... I just started playing this game. I, I really like this, you know, this dash hero. Oh, Starbo. Yeah. Absolutely dunked. Like, yeah. even if Starvo wasn't so high rolly, um, I think just if there was any hero that you saw with that much frequency, it would make you feel, like, less interested in the game. Because then there's a very obvious, like, this is the one that people play. And yeah. especially with a game like Flesh and Blood, where there's so much availability for you to latch on to specific heroes and, and like them regardless of whether or not they're good, um, mm -hmm. that would take a lot of the fun out of it, in my opinion. So. Yeah, and and like yeah. I called, I did call Starvo high rolly, but you mentioning it too made me like think that he's not even that high rolly, man. It's like mid no. mid rolly at at best. Like he's just gonna the, do the it. stuff like, that he does that is mid rolly is high rolly for like every other champion or oh, for every other hero. Yeah, like <laughs> like I, I know we we bring it up a lot, but like Azalea or even like Arachne or something like they wish they could do that. They wish they could do that yeah. like like twice in the entire game. Like that would be amazing. Like yeah. Arachne, man, just has to jump through so many hoops just to give their things go again at all. Like, yeah. like please, I just, yeah. I just need go again. Please let my, please let my thing a hit. I want to react. They need, they need a legendary piece of equipment and to you get just, go again. You destroy it. Like it's like once yeah. you get it once. Um, and uh, Star Wars just like, what's up? Yeah. It's just, yeah. Uh, just, you, just you bloody you you attack with your 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 four cop your your four damage eradicate thinking oh yeah I'm going to attack react I'm going to give it go again and do something else and then they you're waiting for the sink below because you know you got a red shred in your hand but they oasis it instead and you're like oh great. <laughs> oh that that Fantastic. that hits me right in the feels man. Just I'm hits hoping you right in the salty cards. I'm hoping to cap to cap to cap this off because we've been talking for like almost 2 hours now <laughs> to cap yeah. this off. I'm hoping that Outsiders helps my my poor my poor sweet little assassin class and also Ranger too. I hope these two classes this year become the scourge 
of the meta, and then everyone be, you pick all you, your salty cards are going to be from these classes, these classes that are you know widely seen as some of the low tier low tier classes, with some exception. You you have ice Lexi, you know, floating around, but it's ice. Yeah. It's ice Lexi. It does ice things. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> and so I, I hope this year we're like people are like, oh, I hate. I hate Uzuri. She's too strong. Or oh, I hate Azalea. Why is she so overpowered? Like I hate Riptide. <laughs> oh, Trap-based yeah. assassins are too strong. Oh, oh stupid yeah. Trap-based. Oh my goodness! Look at the catharsis. Finally. I hope. That's, I hate that's... that trap card. Fingers, ah. fingers crossed. <laughs> Uh, yeah. Our our top five saltiest cards for next year are gonna have all of the original traps on them. Oh yeah, <laughs> it's gonna be like God. If I never Pistol see another trap. rock slide trap, it'll yeah, be too rock soon. slide. Oh my yeah, God, the value gonna, is unbelievable. I, I will say though, I, I bet there are like at least a couple people out there who have like Red in the Ledger on their list as like their oh, saltiest yeah. card because Red in the Ledger is like yeah, it's brutal. Like it, it's, yeah, it's tilting. It's like it's what like the the go wide players fear like. Yeah, they're like, they don't want to get Red in the Ledger, like Fi or any any ninja for that matter, like yeah, just anyone that wants thing. to dump their hand, like Briars as well. That's what I was. Yeah. I was hoping that I'd face a lot of aggro, you know, the leads battle harder, but that wasn't the case. But yeah. um, but yeah, that's what they fear. But so. I have a lot of strong opinions about like the strongest X in the game, and uh, I I think there there is some discussion to be had. I think uh, I'm I'm open to discussion about it, but I think that Red and the Ledger is maybe the strongest on hit in the game. <laughs> oh yeah, like, I, I think it's, so. it's dependent on matchup. Um, but I think also just within the context of Azalea, easy access to dominate, easy access to the card itself wow. with uh, easy, access, easy access to dominate. <laughs> it's like as close to a consistent tutor that Flesh and Blood has. Well, um, not so, the Death Whistle. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Azalea, I've, yeah. I've said this before, I'll say it again. I think she has some of the best uh, specializations in the entire game. Like, yep. it's just like the fact that she's a ranger and has all these kind of like jank ranger cards and you have to do everything through the ranger like and then her bows have never been like super good like they they do their job but it's like 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 we talked about earlier if she had uh voltaire i think it'd be a different story i think voltaire would make azalea like quite a bit stronger um we're gonna tell that story eventually yeah we're gonna <laughs> give it a go it'd be fun <laughs> yeah. yeah like i I'll literally but, just swap uh, swap lexi for azalea for for my no fuse deck and then change a few cards and oh it'll be it'll be sweet man yeah See what happens. Yeah. Oh, it'll be, it'll be nice. <laughs> yeah. Like but, uh, uh, anyway, we oh, should probably wrap this up. We have a, a stream to get to soon. Yes. Yeah. Which you yes. would have already seen at this point if you uh, if you would have watched it. But yeah. Yeah. So which you should. We are going mm. to forego the arsenal step this time because uh, this is like two hours long. So we're not going to keep you. We're not going to keep you waiting yep. too much longer. We'll do an arsenal step next week, uh, mm -hmm. most most likely. Um, so that has been our top five saltiest cards. And it was, it's been a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun to, to talk about and to uh, exfoliate. <laughs> exfoliate the sodium. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Can't be positive all the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We hope you enjoyed this conversation. Uh, thank you so much for watching, everyone out there. Uh, big shout out to yeah. my two co-hosts here. Um, I'm going to swap up the order again, and we're going to go this way. We're going to talk about uh, Bill first. So go ahead and shout out your, your stuff. Absolutely. I'm uh, Bill from the Spike Feeders. You can find me on Twitter at BillTSF. Uh, and you can also find me on YouTube uh, at Spike Feeders Fab. 
Uh, we're currently in the process of releasing our, um, I believe our third episode is probably going to go live same day as this. Um, although, no, I, I keep thinking that we're doing a month, uh, uh, a weekly thing, uh, but we're actually doing every two weeks, which is something that a lot of people were asking about. So I will say because of that, when this releases, there won't be one. But when our next podcast releases, there will be another uh, episode of the Goliath Gauntlet. Uh, once again, that is Mechanoid Dash. Uh, it's really fun. Good watch. Um, so if that interests you, uh, please check it out. That would mean a lot. Yeah, definitely awesome. check it out. I'm, I am waiting for the Mechanoid to be assembled. I'm just biding my time waiting for the <laughs> Mechanoid to be assembled. Uh, Fingers crossed. <laughs> yeah. And then, of course, we have Az from Go Again Gaming. That's right. Yeah, so... Uh... I am yeah, Alex from Go Again Gaming on Twitter. Um, so uh, you can find me on uh, on there, Go Again Gaming AZ. Um, doing a doing a giveaway on there actually. So make sure you're on Twitter. Make sure you're following me on there because I'm actually giving away the Regicide play map that was given to me by James, um, and he was signed it at the, at Worlds. So yeah. um, make sure you follow me on there and retweet and like it to for, to get potentially get one. Um, and uh, off of the back of that, yeah, Go Again Gaming on YouTube. I actually literally just released the f- literally unedited Worlds vlog. So it's four hours of content, basically, just every single GoPro <laughs> video that I got from Worlds in a four-hour Zack Schneider cut. No, I haven't, I, haven't, I, haven't, <laughs> I haven't done any editing. It's just literally it, all videos in chronological order. So that will, you know, my li- biggest fans out there can just watch four hours of as um but um but yeah it's on there so have it on in the background or something if you're not doing anything it's good fun um and uh, and yeah Kel appears uh, appears in there multiple times um i i, and, I plan uh, to plan to have it going in the background as i do my patron awards this weekend that usually takes yeah, me a yeah. few hours so i'm just gonna put that on while i sort all the 40 something packages that i need to to get ready yeah <laughs> Nice, appreciate it. And hopefully next year, uh, sorry, this year, we can get uh, vlog footage with all of us in it. Oh, um, yes. So, uh, so yeah, obviously, uh, <laughs> looking forward to that. Yep. Hopefully, uh, it's it's very likely going to happen. It's going to be a lot of fun. I I cannot yeah. wait. Um, nice. And, and I'll throw uh, it over to the host today. Uh, hey, I'm Kel from Red Zone Rogue. Uh, if you don't know already, uh, you can find me at uh, Red Zone Rogue on Twitter and um on facebook and instagram i barely use those two but mostly it's uh twitter and youtube um yeah i talk about flesh and blood and other card games i love card games that's mm-hmm. all it's all about the card games i was gonna mention something <laughs> that as was talking about but i forgot oh yeah i was just gonna casually mention that you probably see this in the in his in his uh world's vlog uh he mentioned the regicide playmat i was gonna be like yeah man as and I waited in line for like five hours for that thing, so there's like a lot of time put into that, put into that play that. It wasn't free yeah. monetarily; it was free, but it cost us like hours of our life. And it's really hours funny. The, the first thing James said to me when we got there, he's like, "I hope you didn't have to wait in line too long." And I said, "You don't <laughs> want to know." <laughs> so, yeah. Um, but but it's it's all it's all good news because obviously that's the that's the reason what we have the Living Legends podcast intro from James yeah. because we both waited in line to see him, um, yeah. so and he was happy Thank to do that for service. us. Yeah, we got <laughs> exactly we got to get right. him to we got to get him to do a new one for uh, the Living Legends when he comes on the podcast this year. That'll be cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, um, exactly. So we'll we'll we'll, um, we'll do that all in due time. All in due time. Hopefully, close closer to outsiders. 
I need yeah. to, I should email him. Anyway, <laughs> thanks for watching, everyone. Uh, before we start rambling <laughs> yeah. too much, I hope you have a great week, and uh, we'll see you next time. Yeah.